Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag free, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this, this is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over to person. Hey, why the fuck is the gas so high? I believe in the sand beneath my toes The beach gives a feeling and nothing deep feeling I believe in the faith that grows And the bow I go can make But there's a lot, really, truly, there's a lot in the battle My dad used to have an expression He'd say, Joey, don't compare me to the Almighty Compare me to the alternative <laughs> Americans will have to choose Between the MAGA Republican platform Who have embraced extremism and the big lie Democrats, independents, and mainstream Republicans Who believe in the rule of law The survival of our, our planet is on the ballot and that sounds like hyperbole, but it genuinely is. Hey, goodbye. I doubt it. I don't believe the night Republicans have a clue about the power of American women. Yeah. Let me tell you something. They're about to find out. You gotta say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyways. Oh. No, no, I'm serious. This woman helped me get an awful lot done. At any rate, <laughs> as we say in my faith, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny! You are fake news. You are a threat. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Very fake news. That was four days ago, five days ago. Come on, man. Give me a little break here. I will eat your ass. I'll do it. All right, America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. We'll do it live! Fuck it! I'll write it and we'll do it live! I had my mic muted again. (laughs) and yours (laughs) take one week off the show already forget how to operate hello and welcome to the show it is a great show terrific show tremendous show ask anyone about that people often do i said all sorts of smart and interesting things while my mic was muted it's great moment yeah it's the matt and blonde show my name is matt christensen (laughs) flanked on my right as always by my wonderful co-host blonde welcome Hi. Not only did I ruin the traditional show intro, I ruined your happy birthday greeting. Happy birthday, Grandma. I know. Tomorrow, right? Am I correct? Uh, tomorrow, I turn 35. Now, everybody's got a scary age. A scary age. And my my scary age was always 35. But hmm. um, I have a kid and I'm married, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm not freaking out anymore. So you can if step back single, from that ledge, my friend. It's true, yeah. yeah. If I were single, we'd be having a different conversation. We would have had to cancel the show. I think. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I hope it will be a happy birthday and uh, and uh, all the best to you and your family as you celebrate. Meanwhile, uh, taking a week off, not only did I forget entirely how to produce the show, not really. What, what has it been, a month since I did that last, since I yes. accidentally didn't unmute our mics? Taking a week off, I thought, man... I'm going to have to come back and devote like a half a day to be at the desk and catch up on all the week's news. 
Turns out not really. Uh, the news is exactly the same. The Fed hiked interest rates again. The markets crashed again. Joe Biden somehow bragged uh, about the economy and then wandered off the stage again. And yes, he also made a bizarre comment about appreciating a woman in the crowd when she was 12 and he was 30. So if I sat down before I left and wrote what I thought the headlines would be, I think I could have predicted all of that with reasonable accuracy, actually. We'll talk about all that. Plus, um, there are updates from the big busty trans teacher story in Canada. It might be it might be all a big play. It might be a big I hoax. told you all. I It's just a 4chan post, so we don't know. But man, I was like, there's no way. I said, there's no way this is real. This is a discrimination lawsuit. I said it on the show last week. Blammo. And Susan tried to suspend the channel for linking to the story last week. I'll uh, tell you that story. Plus, uh, we have updates from, uh, of course, the case of the FBI's raid on Mar-a-Lago and all the ongoing court battle over that. Uh, a 40-year-old man in rural <laughs> North Dakota apparently kills a teenager with his car after what he described as a political argument and believing that the, that, that he was under threat from this teenage Republican extremist, as he called him. Very strange yeah. case. Spoiler alert, never happened. <clears throat> what never happened? There was no political fight. The police investigated and they were like, there's no evidence that any of this happened. Except for his testimony. Yes. He's the one who said it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, there's not a lot of great detail. We'll try to figure out what happened. But uh, And then uh, the FBI raids the home of a pro-life activist after they say he apparently committed assault while trying to counsel women against abortion outside abortion facilities. Those are the... That's yeah. the nature of the allegations as I understand them. Plus, we have uh, hoax hate as usual. And tonight's movie review is Interstellar. So do stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good low down money grabbers. Of course, it will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. We also have show merchandise for sale on the site. Plus, we have offers from friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This week's feature business is our friends at Western Razor Company. Everyone knows how many options there are out there for shaving products, but they all seem like they come with huge compromises. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates who hate you. Well, not anymore. <laughs> Talking about the new high noon safety razor from Western Razor. Not only is it made in America, but it uses widely available double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and 60s until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method Made out of 100% metal in the USA, Western Razor's High Noon Razor is a fantastic way to buy American and actually save money long term. Get one today. You can get 10% off your entire order from Western Razor using promo code MAT10. That's 10% off at Western Razor Company, promo code MAT10. Find everything you need from Western Razor. Plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, uh, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. It's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for <laughs> listeners. Couple of uh, announcements, or at least one, as we've mentioned. Uh, we're working on this new system for centralizing Super Chat so we can read them all in one place. 
it had it's not an, going well. <laughs> well, it's a, it's it's a project under development. That's um, true. It, it had an error last week that did not collect the tippy stream chats. This being last Sunday, the 18th. So we missed all of those. Of course, we apologize for the error. I did receive a few emails confirming that we're still using TippyStream. Yes, we are. Uh, we will continue to use TippyStream. We'll read your chats over there, including tonight. Uh, and if you're one of those people who sent a chat last week and had that chat missed, you should have received an email from me about it. But uh, if not, you can uh, send me an email. And if you'd like a refund, of course, we offer that as well. So our apology. And uh, I'd like to say it will never happen again, but... Who knows? <laughs> it will happen again on this this date. Some comparable <laughs> tech problem has already happened tonight that anyway. And surely that more are coming. So thanks for bearing with us. Well, would you like to hear the story of my first hunting experience ever? I sure would. The I reason sure would. the reason why I was gone uh, all week since um, more spoilers. No gay stuff happened. I already invested. <laughs> so. All right. Well, uh, you know, like the Bible study, uh, this week marked a point for me moving beyond just talking about something and actually doing it. So this was a significant milestone in my life. Um, as far as uh, what sort of physical endeavor this was, it was it was gigantic. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I do have a Google map of all the area we covered in the uh, Castle Mountains of, of central Montana. Jeez. 35 miles we walked. Uh, gained over 17,000 total vertical and uh, carrying a full kit uh, of weight most of that distance. Much of that distance completely off trail. This was just bushwhacking. One of the tougher physical challenges I've ever done, for sure. Now, we found the elk sign everywhere. Tracks, droppings, tree rubs. Uh, it's a very elk-dense area. Uh, we, I'm confident that we spooked a few twice in very thick woods, but it was a combination of those thick woods and mostly foggy, misty weather that made finding the animals actually very difficult. Not that it's ever easy. I'm sure people with more hunting experience than me can tell me just how difficult it is to find these animals uh, outside of anything other than open terrain. So uh, we, we were having trouble finding the animals at all. This was a three day trip well into day three on our way out. Uh, until the very, very end of the trip, we were about a half a mile from the car. We decided to take one one last pathway, one uh, trail that we hadn't explored. You were a half a mile from your car? Yes. So we had oh. walked about 30, over 30, <clears throat> we walked almost 35 miles at that point. There's one more tr small trail area that we hadn't uh, taken a look at. So we thought, oh, before the sunset, let's go check it out. Okay. So we take this trail, we reach a high point on this trail. And the guy I was hunting with said, okay, you know, that's it. There's a nice rock to sit on over there. We're going to unload our packs. We're going to chill out. We're going to call it a day and we're going to go back after a nice little break. So we took off our packs and listened for 10, 15 minutes. And finally, a, a bull bugle comes across the valley. And, and we wait for a second. Holy cow, we finally heard it. Wait a little while. We hear another one. Okay. I mean, it's getting late in the day, but we can hunt until... A half it's hour dark, before right? sunset is, yeah. is the rule. So we thought <laughs> we didn't come this far not to investigate. Uh, we ditch our packs. We went light into this valley floor and we are, we're calling to this bull. We're trying to locate uh, where his calls are coming from. And it was so dramatic. The rain started pouring down. That was misty and foggy the whole time. It, it turned into a full on downpour and we're calling and periodically getting these calls back. We're moving slowly 
We're getting closer. And I'm thinking, son of a bitch. We struggled this whole time. Couldn't find the animals. Could it be that at the very end of the trip, no, no more than a mile away from the car, at least as the crow flies, we're going to find one and, and we're going to succeed. So, so we're, tra- we're, we're still listening. There's a call from this bull that sounds within 50 yards to me. I mean, this is like exciting. This is a dread. Like I'm rejuvenated after this struggle fest and being so tired and, and just soaked from the rain. And uh, we're moving slowly. It's a lot of thick brush. Like I said, the visibility is not great. My, my, uh, the guy I'm hunting with who actually has the bow, he's a little ahead of me. He moves into a new position. I'm, I'm behind him a little bit. I come through the brush where I th- expect the bull elk to be where I'm trying to get some, visual uh, what do i see a pair of two other hunters themselves with one of the bull <laughs> bugle <laughs> and no! we, did, we did not even talk to them uh, they were probably 50 60 70 yards away from me they flashed a light to signal me and i kind of wave at them we didn't even exchange words they just went on their way and uh so it it kind of was the most me way to experience the whole thing possible you know it's like you so no elk it never happened no we did not uh we did not oh my gosh i thought for sure this was some triumphant lead up it it was the setup to seem like it was going to be that's why and how you felt when you took an animal's life but the honor you gave it yes exactly in the killing i i you had me you had me as this story was developing and my heart is pounding i'm thinking if we're successful no one's gonna believe that this happened that we put down our packs to call it quits and then we heard the bugle and we went and got it and the rain was pouring no one was going to believe us, but now it's now it's just a story about our own quote unquote failure. But I don't I certainly don't consider this um, a failure because of the things that I learned. OK, number one, <laughs> basic elk tracking and calling. I have n- I had no knowledge of that prior. I have some knowledge of that now. Uh, what I also appreciate about this experience, the perspective of the struggle the whole time. It's very difficult to to do something like this. And I, I'm fascinated by the question in my mind what's the illusion is the illusion this sitting at my desk talking on the internet uh and and doing that for a living or is the illusion being out in the wilderness trying to trying to hunt something to feed your family which one of those is closer to reality and clearly this is the illusion yeah well it's like what separates those things we think that everything we have all the comforts of our our technologically advanced life are a are given but there's not that much that separates me from what I'm doing now, sitting at a desk talking on the internet from having to go out and provide for my family in a way like that. So I appreciate the challenge and the perspective. Um, and That's true. I, I also appreciate the lesson that, that long-term goals are never easy. Uh, Montana data <laughs> say that only 10% of elk tags issued end in a successful harvest. That's both rifle and bow, I believe. Oh, okay. um, so the point is this is incredibly hard. So you'd have to go 10 times to get one. Statistically, yeah. <sighs> it would have been incredibly lucky and rare for for uh, me to be successful on my first attempt. Uh, so I, I certainly take this trip as a success, not a failure. But uh, oh, and the final irony, too. We're driving out uh, after that. And on the side of the highway, a huge herd, giant bull no more than a hundred yards off the highway kind of on the hillside, but they're on private land. 
So oh, yeah. it's like they've been they're on uh, a, a private ranch out there. The, the ranch owners <laughs> could hunt them if they uh, had the tags or we can't hunt them unless we have the, the rights Bummer. to the property. Well, I'm a little so, happy for elk today. So yeah. So the elk uh, eluded us. Thank you for bearing with my story. I know. Uh, Great story. Compelling and rich. It you may not bastard. Have been. I thought for sure that this was some story of, of triumph. I thought it was going to be. It, it has more subtle triumphs. I am not going to be eating elk steaks or elk burger, at least that I was part of successfully harvesting. But the lessons are valuable. Anyway. Uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, we have updates in the uh, big titty tranny teacher. And, yeah, um, we do. Um, well, tell f- me about this this YouTube suspension. So yeah. it was just the link, right? Yeah, this was bizarre. So right after the Sunday stream last week, of course, we didn't we weren't taken down live. But YouTube gave my channel a strike right after the stream ended and suspended me for a week for linking to the story about the teacher. As in, I, really? I, I put all our sources in the description. So if you want to look at the material we're using, you can go ahead and do that. I, I think that's useful reference for the audience. And if people want to vet what we say, I, I think that's important, too. So I always include all the reference material. So it wasn't they didn't take down the stream. They didn't take us down for showing the giant fake tease. They took us down for or they, they gave my channel a strike and a one week suspension for linking to the story, even though I showed the story on the screen. And why? Because they said it violated their sex and nudity policy. They consider it a, if not a porn link, a porn adjacent link. And and so uh, in either in either scenario, whether they said that we were violating their policy for showing it on screen or just for linking in the description, that's Susan saying this is totally inappropriate for YouTube, but it's just fine for public school students in Canada. Yeah. And so after appeal, I appealed uh, that night, and by no, I appealed Monday morning, and within a couple hours, Susan actually reversed the decision. For once, we found something so absurd that Susan could not defend it, <laughs> and then she reversed the decision, so we're back up. But that may not be the end of the story, and I have to be very careful to censor the nips, because I think the nips might is get that me in what, trouble. Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know if I can show those uh, giant milkers. But, um, but okay, so here's the 4chan post that says it might be a big fake. Yeah, okay, so this 4chan poster... Um, that claims that a previous student uh, was in this teacher's class and he was like a red pill teacher. He was always dropping red pills and he got in some hot water for, for toxic masculinity, unspecified toxic masculinity. And this is a way to show everybody how stupid that is and to, to get out of the school with um, a, a discrimination lawsuit, which is what I said last week. And I, I believe that this might be true because I predicted this. It's just too absurd. Just too absurd. It's hard to believe anyone could seriously do it. Yeah. If this is the case, good for this guy. Good for him. I I, I can uh, totally get behind this. Yeah. I'd have to know the full history of what happened to him, but it it does seem plausible. It's this, the idea that he's been mistreated by the school. And so he's trolling his way to some sort of vengeance or exposure of how silly the school is, is more plausible to me than this is someone's serious gender identity. The problem with it, though, is, is if you settle a discrimination lawsuit, he, he can never come out and talk about about this. Hmm. He can't. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't want that. Maybe he just wants to do something this absurd and have the school board defend that as a valid gender expression. That's true, but he'll never be personally vindicated. Yeah. Which most people, most red pill folk would find that troubling that hmm. everybody in the world thinks there's some weird big titty pedo. 
<laughs> you know, maybe he's just uh, he's 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 taking one for the team. He's doing it just for the the principle of the matter rather That's than true. the personal a vindication. A fortune post is not evidence. However, no. this rings true to me, and yeah. there was something just too appalling and shocking about this from the get. Well, recall last week we had video of the teacher with no audio. This week, video with audio, apparently of the teacher speaking, did surface. Here's what the teacher sounds like. And you're going to hold it with your mouth. What if you're left-handed? It doesn't matter. Oh. It always has to be right-handed, you know. What happens when you do the kickback? Well, you don't, you don't try to do a kickback. Yeah, no, but what happens when you actually do? You're hopefully not going to get hit because you're not standing directly in front of it. You're standing to one side. Well, that's that's the risk you take. Okay. No way. There's no way. There's no way this is real. Uh, I I I. We got to be careful not to show the nips again with this article. Uh, yeah, I I would agree that it seems the the explanation for fake trollery seems more plausible. But whatever's going on here, there were significant protests outside of the school. Parents, uh, apparently hundreds of parents and community members protested outside this school in Oakville, Ontario. I believe this was was Friday or at some point late in the week. This is my school and we're, our students we need to take a stand. Enough of this. I come to school every day in a place where we can learn, not be distracted. There are kids here who are too shy and uncomfortable to stand up for themselves, and they need loud voices like us. Hmm. So we'll have to wait and see what exactly is going on with the big titty tranny teacher. There's more to the story. Will all be revealed eventually? I don't. I don't know. Uh, whatever information comes out, I surely will be updating because I find this story fascinating. I did want to give a brief update in the case of the McDonald's ax man that we discussed as well uh, last week. Uh, remember he had his uh, hatchet, tomahawk, axe, whatever you want to call it, breaking property and menacing uh, McDonald's patrons after he was in a fight with a group of men for unknown reasons. While we were live or around the time that we were live, local news in New York City actually released an interview with the ax man who recall was out free despite serious charges because of you know, that's that's what New York City does. Also recall that we had speculated, or at least I had speculated, based on some outfit choices and mannerisms, that perhaps the Axeman is gay, mm. and perhaps that might explain some of the conflict. Well, after seeing this interview, I stand by that assessment. Let me know if you agree. <laughs> yeah. Kind of waited for them to finish doing whatever they were doing, and then I just did what I wanted to do. Most important thing is don't be afraid to defend yourself. My intentions were not to hurt anyone. My intentions were not to put anyone in a hospital or dice anybody up. The reason why I pulled out the hatchet was because, okay, I'm gonna get back at these guys, but I'm gonna make sure that they don't jump me again. They don't need to be in jail to learn a lesson. I hope that the fear they felt that night is enough to never assault someone again. I'm always out there on the road, so I'm always actually getting into it with drivers, which is what the tomahawk is for. It's not for people. It's for trees and, you know, vehicles. I'm getting into what? it with drivers, <laughs> which is why I need a hatchet for the trees. I I gather he's being tongue in cheek at the end there, but I really actually don't understand. He seems him. less faggy than I expected. He's not obviously gay, but he seems I could believe that he's gay. I could believe that had something to do with this. 
And by that, know, I mean he's... that he got into some some sort of fight about it with these other guys. Maybe he's um, based. Well, he's saying that he was attacked first and he was acting in self-defense. Now, how that justifies smashing McDonald's property, I'm not mm. sure. But it, it, to true. his point, if you watch the video, other guys, a group of other guys were attacking him. That's fair to say. Okay. Uh, as far as why he prefers a tomahawk or a hatchet, as he calls it, to a gun for self-defense. In addition to the legal complexities in New York City, the Axeman says, quote, think about it. If you only think that the thing you can protect yourself with is a gun, uh, we're all going to go to fucking jail. With a hatchet, I have my options. Throw it or just smash a fucking table. With a gun, all you do is shoot. Well, that's not you can throw a gun. You can but, shoot it into the air. You can do a lot of things. <laughs> but he's saying that you have more options with the, the hatchet. Now Okay, that seems totally unhinged but all right no he denies he says he's not unhinged in fact that's the headline okay <laughs> uh previously as you mentioned the person who recorded the video said the fight was over a woman who rejected the axe man axe man says that's not the case he says uh. that the mcdonald's security guard refused to let him use the bathroom and he got into an argument with the security guard about it then the other men got involved in the dispute telling him to calm down or relax something like that and apparently got physical from there Axeman still faces a criminal mischief and weapons charge. Somehow no assault charge. Uh, but even though he's on video threatening people in immediate proximity with a very dangerous weapon, hmm. but no, uh, I, I guess. So I guess I should, he's not actually facing that serious of charges. I thought he was facing a felony. He's as far as I gather, he's facing only misdemeanors. I thought so, that he was facing, uh, the, the, the weapons charge was a felony. Maybe not. it is a felony weapons charge, but, uh, Criminal mischief, as you say, oh, the yeah. cutest of all charges is misdemeanor. Um, yes. But hey, on the topic of conflict at urban eateries, there was once again a <laughs> mass looting event, this time at a Wawa in Philadelphia last night. What I've never the hell heard is of, that? I've never heard of Wawa, but it looks like some kind of convenience store that also has maybe a deli. Okay. While dozens of looters ransacked the store, this is the funniest part. I mean, it's your typical looting footage that we've seen countless examples of. But as one of the employees is taping the mass looting, there is an impatient young woman at the deli counter asking, hey, are you guys going to make my sandwich or what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, but like, I ordered a sandwich. <laughs> what are, What is he supposed to do? Just drop everything and make... She doesn't need a sandwich. Uh, she clearly does not need a sandwich that much. Um, oh, but Lordy why be Lordy. so impatient? All the food is free. I know you might want that specific sandwich, but hey, turn around, take whatever you want. Take whatever you want, yeah. Apparently, the uh, loot collectors also engaged in some sort of street fighting in the parking lot afterwards. So the Urban Olympics are on, I gather. <laughs> Uh, I don't uh, see uh, reports of any arrests so far. So it uh, looks like yeah, everybody nothing's going to happen to these people. That's... Well, uh, my <laughs> my hat tip to Sandwich Girl, whoever she is, for making this particular episode especially entertaining. A bold move, Fatty. <laughs> uh, did she ever get her sandwich? I don't know. I don't have confirmation. I am waiting on pens and needles to yeah. find out. 
Well, here is another topic of suspense. I keep saying uh, we're only a stone's throw away from completing the tinfoil story arc and finally proving that Dr. Fauci personally made coronavirus. To be fair, the accusations in this story are not quite there, but they're, they might be yet another step. Now, so far, we know that the virus almost certainly came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China. We also know that at least indirectly through the New York nonprofit EcoHealth Alliance, Dr. Fauci's National Institutes of Health or NIH funded the very sort of gain of function research in Wuhan that could produce such a thing. Well, this week we have a new report headline former EcoHealth Alliance vice president says Fauci funded group quote developed COVID-19. All right. This is not just like worked on gain of function. This is not just we did tangentially related research on coronaviruses from bats in general. He's saying we developed the virus. This is former EcoHealth Alliance executive Andrew Huff, who provided a sworn declaration through his attorney as part of a broader packet of information given to Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, says Huff in the statement in this packet of information. Uh, quote, Anthony Fun- uh, Fauci funded the creation of COVID-19 and lied to Congress about funding gain-of-function work. Anthony Fauci and others coordinated to cover up the funding of the gain-of-function work that resulted in COVID-19. Now, as far as I see, and I haven't done a deep dive into this information packet, but I haven't seen any new evidence to support the claim. Uh, but of course, all the pieces are there. We know you were right all along. the Wuhan lab origin. Right. We know the money flow from Fauci's NIH to EcoHealth, which is the company that this guy was previously uh, involved with as an executive. And, and then through EcoHealth to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So I'll have to look at this when I, when I have a little bit more time. But we are one step away from Dr. Fauci literally took the test tubes and the beakers and wow. cooked this one up himself. It's a real Scooby-Doo ending. Isn't it? <laughs> it's going to get there. I can't wait. Uh, How sinister is that? I, well, the, all all of the effects of it are so perfectly tuned to the interests of a uh, of a uh, a group of powerful, wealthy, elite people with certain political interests. I That's think true. so. And uh, I don't want to act like we're victims of this horrible crime because uh, the American public and you know really everybody in the world got what they deserved on this one. This was a huge wake up call about trusting your government, trusting World Health Organization, uh, any kind of international group. Yeah, uh, we totally got what we deserve. Well, well, I think that we are victims insofar as I believe this to be potentially the greatest fraud ever committed against the American people. Truly. However, to your point, um, it would not have worked without our, if not full, at least partial compliance. Our own yeah. compliance played a huge role in it. So, well, it was once uh, shame on you, but we've been fooled on an ongoing so basis for a while since then. Yeah. Humanity needs to look at this and realize that this is what happens when you don't trust God, when your societies are secular, when you hmm. trust science, even though science is always developing and is never settled. Yeah. Uh, and uh, obviously, I wouldn't say that like science is how we acquire knowledge science. I don't, I don't want science to become some like demonized thing, but, but science without morality has a lot of gaps. And that's if you grant that these people are even conducting science as advertised. Uh, well, you I wonder can, if we should demonize science to some degree because they, hmm. they weaponized 
yeah. the evidence. They weaponized data uh, that was totally manufactured in yeah, order to when, wield against us a secular populace that didn't have a, a moral grounding. Yeah, it's so like that's it, really it, our fault. It's not even that. Um, mm-hmm. Well, to some degree, I suppose science, the term became God, but really scientist, the scientist became God and whatever the yeah. scientist says goes. And, right, right. Uh, that certainly was a misplaced allegiance to your point. Well, I think it's important for all of us to realize that uh, science is always developing and, yeah. and we don't truly know as much as we think we do. Like everybody, since the advent of the internet, everybody thinks that we have all this information and the science is settled and yeah. all, and especially in disease theory, it's like we're going to find out things that will shock us over the next 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 100 years that are going to undo everything that we know about uh, epidemiology oh, yeah. and virology. Yeah. It's already happening. Did you see the new science? The new science on fetal heartbeats just dropped this oh, week. I, I, I helped you out on that one. <laughs> We've seen a lot of great redefinitions lately. Of course, a recession is no longer two consecutive quarters of GDP decline. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, a woman is anyone who claims to be a woman, biologically speaking, of course. That makes sense. And we had another great redefinition this week. That's the definition of a fetal heartbeat. Georgia gubernatorial candidate, some would say actual Georgia governor, and of course, Star Trek president of Earth, Stacey Abrams, said on Wednesday in Atlanta that ultrasounds are all a big hoax. So Stacey Abrams is to ultrasounds what I am to Dr. Fauci. Apparently we're on a similar (laughs) level of tinfoil here. But her claim is that the big ultrasound companies manufacture the sounds of ultrasounds to trick moms into believing there is, in fact, a fetal heartbeat where actually none exists. That is insane. There is no such thing as a heartbeat in six weeks. It is a manufactured sound designed to convince people that men have the right to take control of a woman's body away from her. <laughs> okay. That's crazy. What does she think that people are listening to? I, I think her claim to give to try to represent it as fairly as possible is that and people who know ultrasound tech would probably be able to correct me. I'm not saying this is my view or a correct assessment of the tech. I think this is what she's saying is that the ultrasound detects the electrical signal and either interprets that or produces some sort of sound based on that. That but is it's not cardiac activity. See, that's the point. It's no longer a heartbeat. It's cardiac activity because now what the the hell is cardiac activity, (laughs) if not a heartbeat? The signal has gone out. Now, I thought that Planned Parenthood changed their website as a result of Stacey Abrams claim. I've seen some people saying that they actually did this uh, beforehand, but relatively recently. Whatever the case, the bat signal has gone out and this is the new talking point. Planned Parenthood's website formerly read that between weeks five and six, of pregnancy, a very basic heart and circulatory system develop. Now the website reads that a part of the embryo starts to show cardiac activity. It sounds like a heartbeat on an ultrasound, but it is not a fully formed heart. It's the earliest stage of a heart developing, which... Well, it's not a fully formed adult when it's a baby. So where's the, what distinction are we making when it, when it comes to like the continuum of growth? What is fully formed about a newborn? Yeah. What is yeah. fully formed about a five-year-old for that matter? Not fully formed, but a bullet in the back of his head. That's enough for him. This is so disturbing. So, uh, it's, it's, it's not a heartbeat, just cardiac activity. Um, and yeah, to your point, what, what sort of activity is the, uh, cardiovascular system known for? What, what activity does that entail? I mean, it, and on the ultrasound, you can see the heartbeat. Yeah, I shouldn't I, do that gesture so much, but yes, yeah. you can. And actually, if I recall, um, yeah, I mean, when, when we first saw the fetal heartbeat, it was a, 
I remember a flicker, a flicker of light. It's not really yeah. something I listen to, but maybe there's something that you can listen to also. But for us, it was just, there's the flicker on the screen that represents, you know, my, my son's heartbeat. And here he is more than a year later, uh, heart beating in the other room. Magical. This uncoupling of pregnancy with, with birth is very strange to me. Yeah. yeah. Also sinister. Well, we'll move from the strange to the normal. And the normal, of course, is Joe Biden making bizarre, inappropriate comments during speeches, both public and private. And he had yet another one while speaking at a DNC event, apparently before some sort of teacher organization. Uh, and Biden was responding to Kevin McCarthy, the House Minority Leader's uh, so-called commitment to America, this being the Republican Party platform for the midterm campaign season. And Biden was talking about how the fate of the planet is on the ballot. That's one of his favorite talking points in recent speeches. You have to vote for the planet to be saved because it's either you'll vote Democrats, uh, vote for Democrats who will fix climate change, or you'll vote Republicans who don't believe in climate change. And if you do that, then the earth itself will cease to exist. And right after talking about this climate change point, uh, Biden stopped himself, pointed to, as far as I can tell, a, a still unidentified member of the audience and says and said she needs to say hi to him because they go back a long way back when she was 12 and Joe was 30. But guess what? We got a lot to do. You gotta say hi to me. <laughs> we go back a long way. She was 12, I was 30, but anyway... This woman helped me get an awful lot done. Any rate, but right now. Yeah. <laughs> Score. Yeah. All right. Uh, now, to be fair, you may have noticed in the intro, I dressed up his quote a little bit because it's funnier if you piece together certain parts of the speech about, as they say in my faith, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. Uh, <laughs> he was not talking about this particular episode when he said, bless me, father, for I've seen, but I just wanted to make it a little more entertaining. Do you think he's legit a pedophile? Well, I don't know what to make of this comment because a lot of it, I can write off as old man weirdness. Um, yeah, but what the fuck does that mean? What is a 12 year old? Yeah. Why are an unrelated 12 year old and 30 year old interacting under any circumstances? Outside I'm of supposed to believe it was political or something. What it was this yeah. uh, uh, last generation's Greta. Who were you working with? What is the I'm trying to figure out the charitable explanation. As far as I've seen, the White House has not issued any kind of clarification on this. Uh, chat, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I've missed some information, but I've not seen any explanation for what he supposedly meant. And I, I and find it just arf, arf, like, uh, yeah, I find there that was just one as confused bizarre. looking Mexican chick yeah. in, in that frame. But otherwise, everybody was really, really excited about this. Maybe they see something like the, the people in the background can see this person, I assume. Did they see something that the rest of us don't see? Why are they like, why is that cheer worthy? Under what is a normal context for a 30 year old man to be working with a 12 year old? And secondarily, why is that cheer worthy? I don't feel like I'm missing something, but nobody's giving me the missing piece. I need to understand that. I don't know, man. I was hanging out with my friend the other day because I'm always listening to murder podcasts. And she was like, you know, this is your problem. You think that that everyone's a murderer or a pedophile. <laughs> and I was like, well, a lot of people are pedophiles. <laughs> like, why aren't people in the background looking at him going, ooh, like, no, man. That's that's weird. That's a weird statement to make. And I remain open to the explanation for why it's not weird. But people just seem to be brushing this one off and moving on without explaining it. I don't uh, like it. 
this was not the only ridiculous moment in this speech. There were a whole there's a whole bunch of uh, pieces of insanity. Biden also said that he inherited a bad economy. <laughs> he inherited a bad economy from the MAGA Republicans and gas prices have dropped so significantly that the average price in most states is now just two ninety nine a gallon. But folks, in addition to inheriting a failed MAGA Republican economy, we also confronted a global pandemic and Putin's war in Ukraine. And that's driven the global inflation we see today. Gas prices, I know I got criticized for going in the stockpile. Well, guess what? Gas prices are down $1.30 a gallon. Since when? And in 41 states, plus the District of Columbia, the average gasoline price is less than $2.99. It's even lower than $2.99, actually. Okay. No. The uh, the two ninety nine claim, in case you haven't purchased gasoline recently, that is just an outright made-up lie. To be fair, they're saying misspeak. But even CNN conceded that, that that's not correct, and it's fact-checked. CNN ruled the claim false. In fact, no state has an average price of two ninety nine or lower. The White House then edited the transcript to say, no, no, he meant... Three ninety nine or lower. Okay. Uh, even if I grant that the point that that's just a simple misspeak, uh, why is either number worth bragging about though? Because as a reminder, in January twenty twenty one, when he took office, the national average gas price was two dollars forty two cents. Yes. So even two ninety nine would be bad, but that's a lie. Three ninety nine is still, I mean, in the ballpark of double what it used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> How how that's brag worthy, whatever number you choose. Uh, Have you uh, seen that George Floyd meme where it has Derek Chauvin like kneeling on his neck and in the background you can see the gas price and it's 189. Oh, man. And it said two years ago. The memories. This is, this is the tragedy. 189. <laughs> yeah. And wow. that was what, two, two and a half years ago? To be. Yeah, that that was um that was, of course, May 2020. So to be as fair as possible, um, their gas price, the gas price dropped a lot at that time, too, because people just weren't driving and traveling because of the pandemic. Oh, that, that's right. That had a, that was a major factor in dropping prices, but gas prices, even independent of the pandemic were, uh, were of course much lower during the prior president's tenure. Uh, and then if Biden is going to say, well, Putin did this, Putin was a part of this gas increase. Well, again, how does that explain the dollar 20 rise that happened under his administration mm-hmm. prior to the war in Ukraine? And if he's going to say, well, Gas prices increased. The pandemic was to blame. Uh, it, or the, it was the MAGA Republicans economy. That's why this happened. Well, the pandemic was part. What do you use? If you're going to say that the MAGA Republicans created ac- uh, economic decline. What did that? If you're going to use the pandemic as an excuse for your poor economic performance, how do you not extend the pandemic as an excuse to the MAGA Republicans yeah. for what economic yeah. decline there was in 2020? The year that the pandemic came to be the year of the most uncertainty. Mm. But anyway, that, that's what he had to say about the economy. We're pretty familiar with those lies. He, he recycled another one of his favorite zingers about gun control. The Kevlar deer line came back. He just yeah. won't quit. But this time he did have an interesting uh, variation on this common talking point. He asked, of course, why would anyone need an assault weapon? All they do is, I don't know, defend people and defend America. <laughs> and I'd say, how many, how many deer out here are wearing Kevlar vest? You know? No, but I'm, but I'm seriously, think about it. What in God's name do you need 
an assault weapon for? It's an assault weapon designed to kill people, to defend America, to defend people. But folks, look, it's just, it's just, we're just, it's way out of hand. <laughs> That's designed to defend people. Why would anyone need that? Uh, this is where you post the yes meme as a yes. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse on Twitter personally responded to the clip saying, who's going to tell him? So I thought that was. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> uh, it, hey, it wasn't all nonsense, though. Biden did make some statements that I think we can all agree on, and I don't want to be totally partisan on this show. I want to acknowledge the points of common ground. So, for example, Biden says he doesn't think we should be funding the FBI at all. I don't think and I know some of you weren't happy with me. I didn't think we should defund the police. I never believed that and said so at the time. But I sure in hell don't think we should be funding the FBI either. All right. So fair. Yeah. All right. I'm listening. (laughs) Again, transcript corrected by the White House. So Biden actually said, I I sure in in hell don't think we should be defunding the FBI either. That's what they changed it to. That's what he meant. Seriously? Yeah. It's clearly not what he said. That must be what he meant in in this case now in the case of the gas price they actually had, had the integrity to scri- uh, strike through mm-hmm. his 399 figure and replace but it this they with, just changed it there's 299 and replace it with 399 to acknowledge yeah what he said and what he meant this case they didn't even make the edit they just said no no he said he said we i don't think we should be defunding the fbi that's not what he said at all mm-hmm. he said i don't think we should be funding the fbi either all right. Uh, hey, speaking of sensible ideas, though, I, I, I wanted to bring this up because I thought maybe I know it's going to be tough to convince you to vote, certainly in a federal election. And I know you're not uh, registered to vote in what what state is this? I think South Carolina. No, this is uh, Michigan. My mistake. But I'm I have registered a, to vote. at all. I, well, I have a candidate who might change your mind if you want to move to Grand Rapids. Uh, he once wrote about repealing the 19th Amendment. His name is Joe Gibbs. He's a Republican running in Michigan's third congressional district. Again, Grand Rapids. He defeated incumbent Republican Peter Major, who voted to impeach Trump in the second impeachment. Gibbs was a uh, was the Trump endorsed challenger. Now, a reporter asked Nancy Pelosi what she thinks about this guy, uh, because apparently he's not a fan of the feminine franchise, or at least he wasn't at a certain point. Okay. John Gibbs, who's running for house in, in Michigan, said uh, that women don't possess the, the characteristics necessary to govern. I thought he said that the passage of the 19th Amendment made us a totalitarian state. But I think that I think I hear something like that every day around here when my people say that women shouldn't be able to make their choices about contraception or their own reproductive health. What he's saying is outrageous. I don't think many members here would subscribe to that. But the insult to women's intelligence is one that exists in many forms around here. Okay. Has anyone insulted women's intelligence more than Nancy Pelosi? Yeah, for real. Um, You know, if women hadn't uh, done such a poor job being stewards for their own gender, then we wouldn't have to make... Statements like this, now would we? <laughs> Are you curious about what Gibbs actually said? Yeah, was it something totally sensible? I bet it was. Um, well, these are his old statements. Uh, but when he was a student at Stanford in the early 2000s, he praised an organization that was working to repeal the 19th Amendment actively. 
And he said this was necessary because women voting was making the U.S. a totalitarian state. So Pelosi was correct in that characterization. Uh, at Stanford, he also uh, founded a think tank called the Society to Critique Feminism, arguing that women do not, quote, possess the characteristics necessary to govern and said men were smarter than women because they are more likely to, quote, think logically about broad and abstract ideas in order to deduce a sensible conclusion without relying upon emotional reasoning. That is so well thought out and accurate. So what's the problem here? Well, here's the problem. You'll be disappointed to know that he has since cucked. Oh, in response to these accusations, Gibbs campaign spokesperson says Gibbs believes women should be allowed to vote and work. That is the most outrageous statement (laughs) that he issued in this entire thing. So I fail to see what's so controversial about this. Why do women want to be endowed with identical gifts as as men? Why would why would anybody want that? Then you cease to become uh, complimentary with the opposite sex. It destroys everything. Well, we've we've gone down uh, we've gone down this uh, this road several times, and of course, um, the conflict that I have to acknowledge is uh, I don't want rights to be uh, recognized or awarded. Awarded would be the wrong word, but rights to be recognized based on those sorts of characteristics, whether it's whether it's race or gender or anything else. The question with voting, though, is is it a, is it a natural right in the same way that say your self defense rights are a natural right? Of course, or not. your your speech rights are a natural no. right. For example, um, I I don't think that it's the same thing. And then, of course, not that the uh, not that I'm trying to lead with an ends justify the means argument, but there's no denying. Now, whether you agree with totalitarian state or not, there is no denying that women tend to vote a certain way, and you can predict that very accurately. You know how women are going to vote as a group. You know the candidate they're going to pick. You know where they're going to come down on the issues. Does does how a person's does how a person's vote and does how a person votes change their right to vote? I suppose is the fundamental question. Uh, and and how should we make these awards? I if I was going to change how we vote, and I would be open to that because I think fundamentally we have a problem of, uh, as your brother once put it to me, a whole bunch of wolves voting against the sheep for what's for dinner. I think there's right. a lot of that going on. I, uh, I don't know that I would make the gender distinction, but maybe we make, maybe we go back to like, there's gotta be some skin in the game measure. This, like maybe you go back to property owners in the community so that you're invested. Maybe you go back to some kind of family unit vote or just, or something that, that shows you have investment in the place that you're voting. That's true. But how people vote is also a reflection of, um, societal problems Hmm. uh women wouldn't be voting like this if they were all being managed by men in a household (laughs) that is uh as far as the the so-called social science is concerned that is 100 women with children are are almost universally conservative isn't it like 80 percent or something the change from single women to married women's voting patterns is drastic in fact it's drastic if i understand correctly married women were one of the biggest demographic groups for trump and -hmm. of course single women would be the opposite if you look at the last election cycle so without repealing the 19th amendment although i think we should we could heal some of these um voting disparities through solving cultural issues Hmm. or just smacking a bitch one of the two. That also is true. Some light abuse might be in order. It would have helped Nancy Pelosi. 
I know. Didn't her, her drunk husband ever like get her under control? <laughs> well, uh, I've, <laughs> in terms of Biden's most <laughs> embarrassing moments this week, I have to come back to it. Uh, of course, while the country is falling apart, Joe Biden is handling the most important issues. A party with Elton John at the White House to give him a presidential medal. Apparently, this medal was for his musical contributions. But Biden said that it's all Elton John's fault that we're spending so much money on AIDS relief. <laughs> By the way, it's all oh, his what? fault that we're spending $6 billion in taxpayer money this month to help AIDS fight HIV AIDS. <laughs> Elton John claps. To help that's, AIDS. That's true. I did give a lot of people AIDS. He's right. It's all my that's fault. True. That's why we're spending so much money. Okay. Why are we? Why are we doing all this stuff to fight AIDS? You know. Uh, I guess AIDS. Well, once upon a time, AIDS did a pretty good job of fighting itself. You might say. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> if it's even real, who knows? Doctor Fauci made that real. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then there was just another classic moment. Um, Recall last weekend during uh, Biden's 60 Minutes uh, interview, he said that if you doubt his mental faculties, just watch him. He'll prove you wrong. Well, by Wednesday, he was already wandering around aimlessly off the stage again, this time trying, uh, I guess, the double fisted ghost handshake after he spoke before the U.N.'s Global Fund. Uh, Mr. President, thank you. Who, who, who is that? Oh, you? At the end of such a momentous event, the word <laughs> thank you seems kind of inadequate. But for all the millions whose lives will be saved, for the communities where life will be transformed, thank you. So thank you, yeah, yeah, President just stand Biden, there. for your That's fine. outstanding... That is the worst one yet. That is the worst one. He did not know where he was. He was looking for the stairs. They were right in front of him. And then he was seemingly shocked by the guy with the microphone saying thank you to him. Like he twisted around. He was around just trying though, to bail him out of yeah. this embarrassing situation. So, oh uh, well, that I, I would say I would offer more commentary on that. But again, that's kind of status quo. This is a death without dignity. Hmm. Trump, meanwhile, is getting ever bolder in his uh, prospective challenge to Biden to retake the White House. Speaking in North Carolina on Friday night, Trump asked the crowd if they know what the N-word is. The N-word. You know what the N-word is? It's no, no, no. It's the nuclear word. (laughs) He mentioned the N-word yesterday. The nuclear word not supposed to be mentioned. Okay, so he was talking about Putin and the prospect of Putin using nuclear weapons. And I thought uh, this was a new Trumpism. Apparently he has deployed this joke before. Here's a uh, insider article from April. He's, he's done this N word bit before. So in the exact same context, I think talking about Putin and nuclear weapons, but uh, he still provided me with a good soundbite to use later. So I appreciate that. Oh Lord. The geriatric. Neither of these people are going to help us at all. Uh, yeah, but one one has the entertainment factor. One has this. I just finished oh, talking Biden about Biden has how, entertainment factor. Well, it's a different variety. You That's know, I just true. finished how I just finished uh, entertaining the idea that those who are inclined to emotional evaluation should not be voting. And here <laughs> I am wanting to see the end of the Trump saga based on nothing. But I emotional understand win. that, though. Yeah. We all have been uh, heavily invested in it. We lost so much for supporting Trump that I that I see that people want to 
want to see it through that they're emotionally invested. Yeah. I understand that. Well, we're right about at the top of the hour. So before we talk about some of the economic troubles continuing this week and some updates in the Mar-a-Lago raid, and of course we have Hoax Hate in the movie review, uh, we should take a break and catch up with our chatters and hopefully we do a better job this week than we did last. Sure. Wicked Masshole. Hypothetically, would it be okay for me to use my super chat to show my upcoming video about how Lee Zeldin's crime uh, could have been improved dropping noon tomorrow, Boston time? Uh, no, hypothetically, that would be fine. Wicked Masshole. <laughs> Thanks for supporting the show and good luck with the video. Robin D. Banks, Matt and I once made barbecue. Come here, you Republican extremist, and take your just desserts. Yeah, I've heard that term before, that phrase. Okay. It's like he what you deserve. He spelled right? it like desert. You mean she. This is Robin, right? Oh, that's right. Sorry, yeah. Robin. I always think you're a dude because you're clever and smart. He came at me <laughs> like a drunk at, like a drunk's SUV. When it was over, I looked up, and I'd been run over by a mayonnaise truck. <sighs> Thank okay. you. <laughs> the main That's new. All right. Russia is reactivating 300,000 troops to deal with Ukraine. I often felt Russian capabilities were overestimated, but to this level, now what? Putin will not give up, and Europe depends on Russian oil. Yeah, it's almost like people shouldn't be fucking with Putin. Hmm. Grossly underestimated him. We're just going to keep dumping money into this, aren't we? The uh, Well, I have no doubt that at least from our side of this conflict, there's a lot of money laundering going on. There's a lot of corruption. Uh, but to the point of the chatter, I am surprised at at least what appears to be such a Russian military struggle because there's yeah. no there's no on, on paper. There's no reason why Russia shouldn't be able to run well, over that country. But they're not. I, I, I think that there must be some kind of strategy going on here because I don't think that um, that they're as weak as they're being made out to be in the media. What if Putin knows that if he maintains the conflict, the the West will continue its corrupt relationship with Ukraine, thus funneling money to those corrupt politicians who in turn will buy his oil. And so Putin benefits at least tangentially. So it's all I, I cracked the code. It's all one big op. Yeah. Putin's in on it. Putler FTW. <laughs> um, I mean, do you think that they have a weak military? There's just no way. There's no way. This is being I, I misrepresented just, in the media. We have no idea what's going on. Well, yeah, it. it Obviously, I'm not some historian or even uh, I don't have a great understanding of Russia's current military capabilities or might. But I know that Russia is a much larger country with a lot more resources than Ukraine is. And mm. it's obviously if you pump a bunch of money into a country, even if it's even if they're doing the honest thing with it and buying weapons and all this. At the end of the day, you need manpower, too, though. And just the sheer manpower of Russia over Ukraine is a significant difference. So. Yeah. Why? Why can't? But I guess the same question could be asked. Why couldn't we run over Iraq and Afghanistan? And I well, I don't think he wants to kill a bunch of civilians because yeah. they're they're ethnically Russian. Yeah, maybe. I suppose uh, there's a lot more factors in play than just trying to destroy a place or a country. So maybe um, that's it. Not my Putin's in on the scheme theory. I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Robin D. Banks. 2022 is the year of the red pill. Remember St. George? He was a dragon, but did that stop him? Even if things look bleak, we have to not give up. Normies are noticing. Grab your army and let's go. Armor. You're the red pill. Copyright Robin. Yeah. Thank you, Robin. And thank you, okay. I bought as well. Mm. I am uh, not the big by the way, Robin can vote. I'll allow Robin to vote. What? No, Robin. <laughs> uh, it was right, a great fine. let. 
No. It was a great lay. It was a terrific lay. It was a tremendous lay. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told it was. I don't want to hear any more of these lies. Matt's hunting trip. It was a great lay. The hunting trip was That's a great. That's what he said. All right. Is the is the movie for next week Brokeback Mountain? No, it is The Patriot. Oh, okay. Thank yeah. God. I was really worried all week. I'm like, am I going to have to watch this? Although Brokeback. I think Brokeback was one of the higher vote getters. And I would caution you, expressing your fear of watching Brokeback Mountain only makes voters more inclined to choose Brokeback Mountain. Keith Ledger, clearly <laughs> not a homosexual. Jake Gyllenhaal, though, appropriately cast. <laughs> Boogeyman917, happy birthday, Blonde. Thank you so much. Um, Ryan Haas, happy early birthday, Blonde. Both of you are wonderful. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for all you do, Ryan Haas. Um, Thanks we'll for supporting back. the show, man. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, let me catch up with Tippy Stream, and I'm going to be extra cautious to make sure I do it right this time. Let me see. Uh, unfortunately, we have to go back to the old system so I can be double sure, but that makes it unreadable to me. So when I struggle through this, bear with me as it's usual. Okay. Phil says, looks like the Italians want to survive, unlike the English who stood by and watched Hindus and Muslims battle it out on the streets of, uh, how do you pronounce that place? Uh, Le- Leicester? There was apparently some kind of conflict that he's talking about. It was like Muslim and Hindu battle in, Mm -hmm. is this a a, a neighborhood of London or I I forget exactly where, but I can't imagine the spelling in my mind right now. uh, L E I C E S T E R. I'm going with Leicester, but that's probably incorrect. I shouldn't uh, throw stones though. It turns out we can't get our gas stations from, (laughs) we can't stop our gas stations from being looted by uh, basketball Americans. He said, ah, Phil says, as as others have said, we need to hire whoever runs the Martha's Vineyard HOA to run our immigration system. Yeah, uh, imagine how many invaders we could deport if we weaponized the Karens for a good cause. Maybe that's a Karen draft. Maybe you've really okay. uh, solved the problem, Phil. Trav to the world says, if everyone watching the stream donated to the <laughs> to the rapping granny i read that another way at first so the rapping granny in colorado utah utah she would uh crush her fundraising goal donate to uh, donate at linda for senate no linda for utah senate.com linda the number four utah senate.com and mention matt and blonde in your comment let's show folks we can organize uh and maybe get matt his hit piece you know what you're, you're right trav i i appreciated her campaign ad and I did not support her campaign. So I'm going to do that tonight. I'm going to make a modest contribution to the rapping granny (sighs) in Utah. Mormons though, man. Is she Mormon though? We don't know. She she probably is, but yeah, let's see. Incompetent hand says um, for Halloween, Matt as uh, Roy Batty from Blade Runner. No blonde (laughs) as Ellie Sattler from Jurassic Park. No Roy uh, Batty gets an audience with his God and kills his God and then spares his enemy. One wiki blonde at 35. You can age yourself. <laughs> Sorry. Blonde at 35. Can you age yourself up to a 23 year old Laura? Dern? <laughs> <laughs> she is the oldest 23 year old I've ever seen. It was pretty rough. It's like, uh, when was the, the most recent one? The two the, years ago, right? Or the latest Jurassic Park came out this summer. I watched it over the 4th of July, and it's one of the worst I've ever seen. It looks like a five-year interim from when she was 23 to, like, last year. And at, on the other side of it, uh, who's the name of Alan Grant, Al, the actor who plays Alan Grant? The male opposite her, who 
she said they had an inappropriate relationship in the first Jurassic Park because he was 43 and she was 20. It's not Ralph Fiennes, is it? it? I think it's Sam something. Oh, but I think it's Ralph Fiennes. He has not aged much at all. She looks arguably older than him now, and she's 23 years younger. So, yeah. Female uh, aging, it's a weird thing. Although I have noticed that women that look like they're older when they're younger tend to age better, which she has. Still horsey, though. Hmm. Uh, John H. says, sorry to burst your bubble, Matt, but there has never been a virus that has been isolated in a lab, according to uh, Koch's postulates. Uh, it is the gold standard of infectious disease testing. And sorry, blonde, that includes the HIV virus. Well, there's a first for everything, isn't there? And I. Hey, at this if point, anyone's. I could be convinced that viruses aren't real. I'm really <laughs> open to all sorts of conspiracy theories. Yeah, sorry to burst your bubble, John, but none of that's even real. Uh, <laughs> hey, if anyone could achieve it, it's that magical elf. All right. Dr. Fauci is capable of a great many things. <laughs> I'm not saying I know it for sure. I'm just saying the trajectory is there. Follow, not follow the science. Follow the trajectory. That elf made the disease. He made the virus. Pumat says, let's not forget Biden blaming Elton John for spending billions on HIV and AIDS. It, it was my favorite moment of the week. That was great. That was uh, the way he phrased it too. what he meant was Elton John has helped us contributed to the he's, AIDS he's, research or something. Like he's that. worked on securing all this money to, to help the problem. But he said it's all his fault that we're spending, yeah. making it sound like he. He created the problem of AIDS. He, he uniquely spread it around more than anybody. Well, whistly nose. Nose whistle. What? <laughs> you got a whistly nose. My nose just whistled? Yeah. You didn't hear I, that? I don't think so. No. Oh. I, that was not me. All right. <laughs> Matt really hates whistling. If I Watch ever that. whistle into the mic. I can't even whistle. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do it because, yeah, if people whistle into the mic, it does drive me nuts. Hence my enthusiastic response to a nose whistle all right um let me uh double check tippy stream here just one more for now mike hawk 420 blazing says uh my vote this week is for brokeback mountain just because blonde is against it also g the k's all right i'm not i'm not gonna read that that's too aggressive. <laughs> Jeez. Right. yeah definitely uh thank Those you mike funny. but he, he's right if you the more you try to avoid brokeback mountain he's, he's right g the k's no he's not right on that oh, right, oh i just okay. i have i have no comment uh but he's he's right about fear of brokeback mountain is going to cause brokeback mountain to win all right uh we will of course uh come back to your chats at the end of the show thank you guys much appreciated and then we'll get uh, back to the news um i'll have to just circle back with you uh, surprise, surprise. As I mentioned, while I was gone, the Fed hiked interest rates once more uh, yeah. to this to the exact same tune that they've been hiking the interest rates. So what do we have? This is probably good, though. I, I can get behind this. It is probably going to long term help help the trend towards inflation. We'll see. Um, so they raise short term interest rates by three quarters of a percentage point um, from three to three point two for two, five percent. Um, now they predict, this is the important part. Now they predict that by the end of 2020, it'll be 4.25 to 4.5%, which is an entire percentage point above what they projected in June. And then next year is going to close out at like 4.75. So you can expect the actual, uh, 
the actual interest rate to be another percent or or higher than what they're projecting now. Yes. Um but this entire article I read, I think it was from USA Today, they were all talking like we're we're peering into the face of a recession potentially. Yeah, I hate that. Like, <laughs> what are you talking? Like, we're in the yeah. midst of recession by definition. So Jerome Powell said, no one knows whether that process will lead to a recession or how significant a recession it will be. <laughs> I didn't know I Powell know himself said that. I thought it was yeah. journalistic cover, but... No, oh it's, it's, it's just incredible to spin on this. I mean, I don't know what they're supposed to do but except for raise the interest rate. I mean, they could uh, stop printing money. They could um, reduce social spending. They could eliminate the federal budget by like 95%. They could eliminate the IRS. I mean, all of these things would definitely help us. Um, but now everybody's house is just going to be more expensive. So mortgage rates... 30-year fixed mortgage rates average 6.29% as of September 15th. That mm. is so bad. So this is – a mortgage now is going to cost $450 more than in January. Your, your month. monthly payment, yeah. Your monthly payment, yeah. Yeah. That, that is a tremendous cost for the average uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a difference maker for a lot of people. That could easily – Food, housing, gas, astronomically yeah. expensive these days. And they're just going to act like the economy is doing super well. It's preposterous. This is the highest they've been since 2008. There's no stopping it. Um, but uh, Jerome Powell said this, and I've got to agree, housing prices were going up at a totally unsustainable level. So for the hmm. longer term, they need supply and demand to be better aligned and um, for people to afford houses again. And one of the ways to do that is um, for mortgage prices to oh, increase. Oh, well, we need so. supply and demand better aligned. Why have you been meddling with the supply with, with supply and demand? Specifically right. the demand side by putting a whole bunch of uh, nonsense, funny money into people's hands. If they need to be better aligned, how did you? And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We've increased the purchasing power of everybody by handing them a pile of cash throughout the last two years. Uh, we're um, shocked yeah, and that supply can Federally subsidized up. housing, like all these these tiny pods that they're building and all no. these giant apartment complexes and stuff. This is this is clearly disrupting what natural supply and demand in the um, real estate market. Well, that's just it. How are supply and demand properly balanced? Is it a natural process in the way that you're describing, or are they balanced by the uh, wise hand of government shaping these things? That's true. So, like, they have some sound principles upon which they're acting, but none of this matters so long as we're funding asinine social programs, printing tons of money, and giving yeah. billions upon billions of dollars to pointless, uh, you know, foreign wars and Ukraine and all this other stuff. It's like, okay, fine, like, do all this stuff, but it's not going to make a difference. Yeah. Well, it's not uh, going to stop a recession that we're already in. <laughs> it's making a difference as far as uh, the markets are concerned, too. Uh, the Dow Jones Industrial Average dropped below 30,000 late in the week. That is its lowest level since November 2020, when the Biden presidency was a mere prospect instead of a reality. The Dow lost 1.6% Friday, marking a 20% drop from its close on January 4th, officially meaning what? It has put the market into bear territory, mm. according to that index, a 20% decline over... Uh, I forget what the exact uh, time frame is, but that is the definition of bear market. I'm surprised we haven't seen any redefinitions here. Technically, a bear market has to meet certain conditions, not just the percent. We haven't seen that. We're sort of granting the premise that we've entered uh, bear market as far as the uh, the Dow is concerned. The S&P, of course, we already entered a bear market for the S&P uh, months ago in June. Friday was the fourth negative day in a row for the major indexes. Fifth decline in the last six weeks. So they're on a real run of uh, 
of downturn here uh, on Wall Street. And as you mentioned, again, I just want to put our attention toward the CNN framing and we'll look at CNBC here too. paragraph one investors continued worry about even more rate hikes from the Fed that could land the U.S. economy in a recession. Okay, second to last paragraph. Uh, A recession could cause some real pain for consumers. (laughs) And then uh, CNN also says uh, Wall Street is worried that the interest rate hike could continue to increase borrowing costs. How would the interest rate hike not increase borrowing costs? Oh, my God. Okay. CNBC, their headline, also cites recession fears. We haven't realized them yet, but we're fearful about it. There's no could or fear about it. We are already deep into it. Even if you want to dispute this technical definition of a recession, all this fears of borrowing costs, fears of increased costs for consumers. Okay, borrowing costs are up and rising. That is indisputable. Yeah, yeah. Costs for consumers up and rising. Can't dispute that. It's been ongoing for a, a, a year at this point. Inflation really started going crazy last fall. GDP is down and dropping for two consecutive quarters, and it will not be shocking to see that happen for a third. Biden keeps citing the unemployment rate, which, as we've discussed many times, is a bad metric. Mm-hmm. So I won't go back into that. But but um, even if we're going to be optimistic about a low unemployment rate, check back up on that in, say, two months time. Because yeah. once investment dries up, once consumer confidence is gone, consumer spending dries up. Uh, those jobs are not going to sustain. You're going to see jobs go away. And this this uh, low unemployment uh, point for optimism will evaporate. Do you have anything uh, more to say about the economic news? Uh, I mean, no, but th- this is how societies are destroyed. I think people are probably not taking this seriously enough. I'm um, even talking about uh, things like increasing the interest rate and it- it's it's creating this facade that we're operating in a, a normal economy when really we're on the brink of absolute financial destruction and we're in a, a historically unprecedented financial financial situation. Like yeah. the closest thing historically would be like pre Weimar Germany. Yeah. This is not going to be the idea that if the fed just strikes the right balance on the, on the interest on rate, the interest that rate we're going to get yeah. out of this easy. I mean, we have the fundamentals of the economy are strong. What happened to that talking point? Now it's just the unemployment rate is strong. Cause that's really the only indicator that we have. Uh, but the who's fundamentals talking are not about strong. federal spending besides like five Republicans. Well, who, and who's seriously talking about it? The Republican yeah. party loves to talk about it, but at the end of the day, if they get They're congressional signing omnibus spending bills, right? And, yeah. if, the, if, if, if Republicans, even if they got filibuster proof control of Congress, they wouldn't do anything about about federal spending. They might. Maybe they would do a tax cut or something. But do you, do we really think they would start slashing programs or departments? Yeah, I, I would say no yeah. chance. Um, what about people's potentially unfunded liabilities? I'm not really hearing anybody talking about that. Yeah. So uh, it's it's going to it's going to get rough out there. No doubt. Uh so prepare accordingly would be a, a wise thing to do. Uh, just a few updates on the uh, Mar-a-Lago cases. I mentioned last week, you know, until some real tangible evidence and specifics come out of this, I'm not going to spend a whole bunch of time, but we will keep track of it as it develops. Uh, recall previously that the judge overseeing the case, Eileen Cannon, 
issued an order preventing the DOJ from accessing the documents taken from Mar-a-Lago for the purposes of, a, of the criminal investigation, though investigation for national security purposes was still OK. Well, the DOJ appealed that order to the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals on Wednesday. The appeals court sided with the Justice Department, saying that the FBI may continue to use the documents in its ongoing criminal investigation. That is perceived to be a setback for Trump. As we discussed briefly last week, the idea that there's a some impenetrable wall between those two investigations, I find to be sort of silly. Um, mm-hmm. I, I understand why, from a legal perspective, you might draw a distinction there. But as a practical matter, the idea that there was going to be this concrete division among these various federal investigative bodies. If they want to dig into Trump, they're going to dig into Trump and they'll say it's for whatever purpose they need to do to do that. So this is perceived to be a loss for Trump as a practical matter. I'm not convinced it really changes much at all. They had the documents in their possession. They're going to look through the documents and do whatever they want with them. Uh, Meanwhile, Raymond Deary, the special master, Uh, Reviewing the documents in the case, he uh, is challenging Trump's team in a couple of different ways. He asked Trump's lawyers to provide answers about whether Trump did or did not declassify the documents in question. Deary said that if the Trump team does not provide evidence that Trump declassified the documents, he will likely agree with the prosecutors that the documents in question were classified. Mm. Trump is Trump did an interview recently where he said, I thought about it. I just thought in my head that they were declassified and that made them declassified. So I don't know. I mean, I, we don't know what the Trump team's approach to this is going to be. Now I can't claim to have legal expertise here. My understanding is that the president has the full power to declassify whatever he wants, whenever he wants. Uh, Are there some kind of limitations on that? I was watching the Sunday shows this morning and they're saying as a legal matter, the president can't just think things into declassification. He has to somehow he has to make some kind of external. There's some kind of external paperwork to be done. But I guess my question with that is, says who? And if it's just says presidential policy, well, the president is the one who makes those policies. I don't know. Don't take my opinion on it. Uh, my opinion on it is not worth very much because I don't understand all the legal complexities around this to the extent that there are any. But what is important here is that the judge is saying, if you can't show me some kind of documentation that you declassified them, I'm going to side with the prosecutors and say they were not classified as a legal matter. That will likely be consequential though. As we've discussed previously, the potential legal issues here. And again, this is not me saying that I think Trump deserves to be charged or something like that. But the laws that they're invoking do not entirely hinge on the classification status of the documents Mm -hmm. either. Some of it is just these are government documents related to defense. Mm -hmm. So housing them somewhere where they're not supposed to be is a crime, whether they're classified or not. Yeah. So. Anyway, this would this would appear that that the special master who the Trump team nominated again we thought this was sort of odd because this was a guy who was part of the the fisa court that uh granted the carter page have we got any information on why he chose this individual the indication so far that this guy i I, it probably would be an overstatement to say he's hostile to trump but it does appear that he's he's challenging the trump team pretty significantly and yeah i don't know were they trying to create like an illusion of fairness or something like that i don't know why they picked this guy i've i have no idea that's yeah, not I me saying that Deary is doing a good job, bad job. I'm just saying if Trump wanted people who are friendly to his case, it does not appear that Deary is that guy. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, also, Deary gave uh, the Trump team a deadline of uh, this coming Friday. That would be Friday, September 30th, to produce any evidence he has that the FBI planted evidence. Trump and his legal team have been at least implying this through interviews, public appearances. But this judge says he doesn't see anything in the record that would support that claim. So he wants specific difficult to prove. He wants the judge is asking for the the special master is asking for uh, specifics. What what documents or other evidence do you allege they planted? Be specific. Which specific documents? And so that's what he's asking the Trump team to do by Friday. Well, uh, let's talk about this case in North Dakota of what appears to be if not a politically motivated killing, a killing that happened as a result of a political argument, according to the guy who ran this teenager down. I don't think so. I think this hmm. is just an excuse, but um, this 18 year old kid, uh, Kaylor Ellingson, he was hit by a drunk 41 year old motorist, Shannon Brandt, who was a man. Um, and Brandt called 911 and, or, and said that, that they had had some kind of, um, political argument that he, and then that, that he became, he belonged to some Republican extremist group, some non unspecified Republican extremist, uh, group. But when police in North Dakota investigated, they said there's no evidence that politics were involved in this at all. Um, and that this guy's a Republican extremist. There's just, there's no evidence of any of that. So I don't even know if this argument happened. I would imagine that it didn't uh but yeah he just mowed this teen over with his suv then said he was in a republican extremist group and then uh nobody covered it no one abc cbs nbc cnn msnbc and new york times and washington post no one covered it can you hmm. imagine if the shoe were on the other foot uh true yeah. untrue whatever this would be a this would be a coverage a james fields uh situation yeah yeah and he's never gonna get out of jail Jeez. Oh, except for that he's already out. <laughs> no, no, oh, James mean, Fields is yeah. never going to. This yeah. guy's out on fi- like $50,000 yeah. bond or something like that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it just shows that they're going to treat people that are supposedly Republican extremists entirely differently. So if you need to have an alibi or um, defend a horrible crime you've committed, then there it is, audience. Just say somebody was a Republican extremist and you'll be off scot-free. Now, here's the, the, the other wrinkle in this story. Um, obviously, as far as this being a politically motivated uh event or something that was in response to politics the only piece of information that we have is this guy saying that to police either in in their investigation or at the 911 call but Mm -hmm. the other piece of information is that this teenager was apparently on the phone with his mom while he was trying to get away from this guy so uh, whatever was happening, it's it's uh, obviously, and I'm not saying it, it's something more significant than just drunk guy hits somebody with a car. He makes also up a wasn't story. very drunk. In uh, a lot of states, he was under the legal limit. Yeah, uh, but here's the Fox report on it, and they they reference the phone calls to the mom, but we don't get a ton of police. Say Shannon Brandt called nine one nine one one on himself last Sunday after he struck and killed eighteen year old Kaylor Ellingson. Highway Patrol tells us Brandt and the 18-year-old had some type of altercation at an outdoor street concert. The teen called his mother twice in the early morning hours, saying he was being chased. Court documents show that Brandt told officers that the teen was threatening him. 
later telling police Brandt admitted to striking the pedestrian, that teen, with his car because he had a political argument with the pedestrian and believed the pedestrian was calling people to come get him. Brandt admitted to state radio that he hit the pedestrian and that pedestrian was part of a Republican extremist group. Police tell Fox News so far they do not think Brandt and Ellison knew each other. They say the suspect, Brandt, admitted to drinking, is charged with vehicular homicide with a DUI and leaving the scene of a fatal crash. Damn. And he actually left the scene twice. So he hit the kid and left. Then he came back and he called 911 from the scene and then he left again. And he was arrested at his house. And to your point, that's where he blew a .08 was at his house. Yeah. Uh, above the legal limit to drive in North Dakota, but below in some states. But that was um, a few hours after the incident, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a delay in time. So he but may have that been, actually uh, stand, it stands to reason that, that would increase your depending on BAC. the timing of the the drinks, I suppose. Right, because but. I think you reach like peak BAC like an hour after the last drink. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It could be that he was drunker at the scene or not, but we know there was a delay between him hitting the kid and him actually having uh, a, right. a breathalyzer test or however he was evaluated. Um, but yeah. Uh, oh, uh, one other note. I did receive an email from a person. This is McHenry, North Dakota. Apparently we have a listener there. Uh, and this listener has connections to both of these men does not know both of them personally, but knows people who know people in the small town, apparently. And this listener tells me that Shannon Brandt, the driver, uh, and take this with a grain of salt. This is another 4chan post as far as credibility is concerned. I don't have independent evaluation, but this this email tells me that the driver may be on the autism spectrum. So perhaps there are factors here that are more complicated than simple politics. But I don't have any more information than that. Just what uh, an emailer tells me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but you know, once again, we don't, it could be that this is something that is something of a misunderstanding. And this guy made political references after the fact that didn't really have anything to do with it. Or it could be that maybe they had a political argument beforehand. And this is in fact, a politically motivated murder, much like Michael Rennell in Portland, the Antifa murderer that just kind of disappeared a story we never hear about ever again, uh, where you've, you've killed somebody in cold blood on account of a political disagreement on the streets. Uh, hard to say with certainty what we're looking at here, but yeah. um, I, I, I take it this guy also does not have a prior record if he's released on what are serious charges. The fact that he's out, um, yeah, I take it he probably does not have a prior criminal record. And yep. he was saying apparently plenty to police. And now that he's lawyered up, he has shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. And as far as I understand, mom uh, is not speaking with anybody either because it, it would be to figure out what happened here, obviously you'd want to talk to mom and figure out what was said on those phone calls between son and mom. Mm-hmm. As far as I've seen, we don't have any information on what was said yeah. on those calls. Yeah. So a lot more information potentially to come on this story, but uh, you know, it, uh, nationally it never really got any play and it'll probably disappear by tomorrow anyway. Yep. Well, the FBI's at it again. I know. This is so terrible. uh, At first when I was reading the story, I was like, did this guy get swatted? Because the whole thing seems so preposterous. But no, it was an actual SWAT team. Ah. Um, So this guy, what is his name? Uh, Mark. Did I not put his last name in here? 
Damn. Uh, I don't have it handy. Um, anyway, so he, uh, has been going, he's a Catholic father. He has seven children. He's been going to Planned Parenthoods, um, to, to speak. Uh, he's been doing, um, kind of like a interventional thing, trying to like counsel women. Uh, he says he's a sidewalk counselor. Uh, he's a pro-life author. Um, and apparently he got into some kind of altercation with this guy, uh, at a Planned Parenthood whose job it was to walk women to their abortions. Apparently that's some sort of designated job at Planned Parenthood. Hmm. Um, and the guy was yelling obscenities at his kid. And so he was like, you know, stop, you have to stop. And it ended in some kind of like, he, he pushed the guy. So the guy fell and everything was fine. He didn't have any, any injuries or anything like that. I don't even think he had to go to the hospital, but the guy sued him. So as a result, um, Mark ended up uh, getting arrested for a FACE Act violation. Okay. And the FACE Act is um, the Freedom of Access to Clinical Entrances Act, which makes it a federal crime to use force with the intent to injure, intimidate, or interfere with anyone. That uh, person is a provider of reproductive health care. Thus the so federal raid because he supposedly oh, violated Halp, a federal name. law. Yes. So he's looking at 11 years in prison and fines up to $350,000. But what happened was the FBI came to their house, like guns busted down the door, pointed a gun at the wife, and the kids were upstairs. They've got guns in the house and everything like that. Everybody was totally freaked out um, to arrest him. And he was like, listen, I have children in the house. You guys need to chill out. And they're like, no, you've committed this, um, this federal crime. Um, when really all this guy did, his wife said that he was driving two hours to South Philadelphia every Wednesday to sidewalk counsel these women for six to eight hours at two different abortion centers. So he really was putting a lot of time into it. Did he cross and, state lines or is he from Pennsylvania? <laughs> I don't know. I don't no, think he, it really matters. Well, that's how the feds will get you, too, if you cross state lines. Um, but, yeah, he's looking at real time for this. I feel, like I'm, I, I feel like I'm missing something. Granted, I have not done a deep dive on the nature of this supposed assault, but uh, if that is all that it is, that it was like a minor dust up, some that kind of it. minor scuffle, the idea that that, because it happened in the proximity of a, what is ostensibly a healthcare facility, yes, that that yeah. makes it a federal crime. <laughs> I mean, come on. The, if you have a fist fight outside of a hospital, a straight up fist fight, is that a mm-hmm. federal issue? Yeah. And why? Because why? The, the the federal government has its tentacles in the healthcare industry and so many others that they just make it a federal issue by saying, well, we provide uh, we provide payments to Planned Parenthood and to all these other providers. So really, we have a we have a say in this. We have a stake. Yep. None of this is a I, I don't care if there is a straight up like before I Sam Harris myself. I do care <laughs> if there's a murder at a hospital. I do care because that's an injustice. I yeah. don't think that that's a federal issue just because the feds ha- try to make some claim yeah. to the hospital property. That's still a state's yeah. issue to adjudicate. Yep. And I would say the same thing about this. The idea that it warranted, the even if it was a, a more serious violent crime, the idea that it warranted dozens of, of FBI agents or dozens of federal police officers raiding this guy's home. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm missing something. No, I'm, you're not. I'm, I mean, he wasn't injured. The guy that the guy that he pushed over was elderly and sued him. 
as a result. But it sounds like um, he was being threatening and he was getting in his 12 year old son's face. And he was like, your dad's a faggot and was acting all aggressively. <laughs> is that and, a quote or do, are you ad libbing? No, he said it's a quote. He said that. he actually yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. Is that in this story? It's in uh, your dad's a fag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It says right here in PJ Media's story. Your dad's a fag. <laughs> yeah. Why is that not a federal crime? Um. So I don't care. Some old man whose job it is to escort some sluts into their abortions get pushed <laughs> on the curb, and this guy's going to spend eleven years in jail. Yeah. How outrageous! You know, we're all going to um have to pay for for not stopping abortions. Well, we're all going to have to literally pay for abortions. We basically That's already true do. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but what I know are we going to do when we die and if we meet God and we're like, well, we use these stem cells to create vaccines that um, uh, had a lot of, um, that, that gave people a lot of injuries. Uh, and then we federally funded a whole bunch of abortions. And then we told everybody that it wasn't actually a baby and it was just a totally legitimate method of birth control. God's going to be like, I smite you. I smite you all. We're all going to be like, uh, Tom Hanks in the green mile. How am I going to meet my maker and tell him that I participated in this? And then we're just going to go participate in it anyway. We pay into a tax system that, that funds things like this. Yeah. Well, all while we're told that strictly speaking, it doesn't No, it's only for mammograms. We only pay them for mammograms, yeah. not for abortions. How are we going to atone for this? Um, this guy is doing the right thing. The, the, o- the only way you can atone for it is to say that, that, that those resources were taken from me involuntarily. And I can say that honestly. That doesn't mean that I... Uh, but we shouldn't be paying taxes. Yeah, I suppose that uh, if, even if you're being robbed, maybe you have a moral obligation to fight off the robbery. But you're, we can't if you're give being, our kids any of these vaccines either that are from aborted fetal cell th- lines. Those stem cells, they ain't no joke, man. It's like, I'm sure you've noticed. <laughs> I know it's not. I know it's not strictly a, a stem cell thing, but I make this joke with my wife all the time. Because if, if, a, if a baby gets so much as like a small cut or a little scratch, that thing is healed in, in hours. It's oh, magical. Yeah. They heal so fast. Yep. I understand yeah. why the evil forces of the world want to harvest them and turn them into milkshakes and drink them because their healing properties are so advanced. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Uh, All right. Well, Hey, uh, speaking of the FBI and their misconduct, there's a whistleblower uh, alleging plenty more of that. And I should give him credit because I do anytime someone is willing to come forward and, um, and uh, put their name on the line and, and, and stand up for what they believe in. I I think that's very honorable and I think that's brave and, and worthy of credit. Though when I read this, I thought, yeah, what else is new? Because a lot of these allegations are, uh, you know, what we've been hearing about for a long time now. But FBI Special Agent Steve Friend uh, filed a whistleblower complaint with the Department of Justice Inspector General uh, this week, alleging a politicized bureau and specifically a D.C. field office that he says has been cooking the books to exaggerate the threat of domestic terrorism and using an overzealous January 6th investigation to harass conservative Americans and violate their constitutional rights. Friend has been with the FBI for 12 years. He was suspended on Monday, stripped of his gun and badge and escorted out of the FBI field office in Daytona beach, Florida, after complaining to his supervisors about these violations, he was declared absent without leave last month for refusing to participate in SWAT raids that he believed violated FBI policy and used excessive force against those accused of January 6th misdemeanors. He said, quote, I have an oath to uphold the Constitution. I have a moral obligation and want to be considered a conscientious objector among his specific accusations. 
Uh, he says that the DC office is of the FBI is manipulating FBI case management protocol and farming out January 6th cases to local field offices across the country to create this false impression that right wing violence is a widespread national problem. They're not keeping this in DC. They're trying to farm it out across the country. He says, he also says that he was listed as a lead agent in cases he had not investigated uh, in violation of FBI policy. So they farm out these cases to field offices. He was a part of a field office in uh, Florida. He says, I was named lead investigator when I didn't spend a minute on the case. And they did that to create the impression that this is a, a widespread national thing. He says FBI domestic terrorism cases are being opened against innocent American citizens who were nowhere near the Capitol on January 6th. He said the FBI retroactively declared a grassy area outside the Capitol a restricted zone in order to widen the net of January 6th investigations and prosecutions. He says the FBI intends to prosecute everyone who even uh, was peripherally associated with January 6th. And another wave of January 6th subjects are about to get referred to the FBI's Daytona Beach office for investigation and arrest. He also alleges that some of these investigations began with Facebook spying on private messages as previously alleged by the author of both of these stories. This one about this FBI whistleblower uh, and the one about that. Uh, I, the last video I posted was about this is Miranda divine at the New York post who said she has right. sources within the FBI saying that, yeah, Facebook monitors your private messages and forwards the ones they think are threatening to the FBI. And in her pr her prior story, I think it's an important story, but one of the criticisms or skepticism, pieces of skepticism I have is that anytime anonymous sources say I'm taking that with a grain of salt, I, yeah. I, pe people need to put their name to it and provide me with specifics for me to believe it fully. Well, you know, then the next week, Miranda Devine comes back with this story and here's special agent Steve Friend saying that and putting his name to it. It's not that I didn't believe the claim, but I always have to, I just have to be careful Verify. if they're, but here's, I would say this is some additional verification for what she was reporting prior. So good for her for keeping, uh, for, for digging into the story further. Uh, and you know, as I mentioned, I, I appreciate the willingness of this agent to, to sacrifice his job and to say something. Um, this is, I didn't see anything in this report that was, shockingly new to me but of course i think it is additional um substantiation for some things that we already knew if only in the form of witness testimony that's all he really is so far as he's a witness to what he says is going on so uh the fbi is corrupt uh oh, we, what a listen, surprise. listen to biden and we should defund it you know what else <laughs> what else is new uh okay uh you you have anything else to say before hoax hate no let's do it all right and now the nobody saw it happen but it's totally a product of trump's america hoax hate crime of the week ah shit it's backwards you think they'll notice we're finally moving on from the great duke byu volleyball n-word hoax of 2022 as far as i saw uh, there were no significant updates or developments in the story this week, so I have to leave it behind, even though it was the hoax hate that just keeps on hoaxing. But uh, that doesn't mean that we're leaving the world of college campuses behind. At the University of Virginia, this is in Charlottesville, with its own history of hateful complications. Uh, officials say three recent alleged hate crimes 
are not a trend of hate crimes on campus. In fact, at least two of them aren't hate crimes at all. So of the three that have happened in the, the last month or so, incident one was rocks were thrown through a window of a building on, on Dawson's row, which houses the office of African American affairs. Uh, it's right next to the office of white affairs. Uh, if you, if you're having <laughs> trouble finding it, given <laughs> campus police investigated and charged a student for the act of vandalism. And given that there's no, uh, description of this student in the story, I will comfortably speculate that uh, that's because the offending student is uh, a precious minority himself, that he there has some some business at the Office of African-American Affairs. And actually, it's more than just my speculation. Based on the reporting in the Washington Post here, the story says he uh, he or she, this person is not identified, but this person was, quote, known to the Office of African-American Affairs staff members and was motivated by factors unrelated to racial bias. So. Huh. piece together some things and that's uh, not a hate crime i don't know why he, he or she was throwing rocks at the window but it wasn't a hate crime <laughs> incident two this one's way more bizarre and and funnier several people people on campus reported a flag with a symbol that looked like a crown or an owl uh, this was on the grass near the mo- the memorial to enslaved laborers i don't know what that <laughs> memorial is but some kind of statue or something this is what gets weird, okay? There was also a check for $888.88. Weird. That was delivered as as a surprise to a student's room. Now, of course, 88 does have significance in uh, the world of white supremacism because that's code for Heil Hitler, if you ask uh, the ADL and, and the uh, Southern Poverty Law Center and all their friends. So the fact that the check was for 88 well... Five eights, eight hundred and eighty-eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. That is sort of a strange, strange coincidence, and I don't see an explanation for that. But actually, the story doesn't treat that as odd. It doesn't say anything about the eights being linked to hate. It just says the check was for eight hundred and eighty-eight dollars and eighty-eight cents. Mm. So a surprise check delivery to a student's room, and it had the same symbol as the ominous flag near the memorial to enslaved laborers. Now, some students speculated that the symbol represented a white supremacist organization. Investigation revealed that it was just a, quote, unusual act of philanthropy. (laughs) FBI, FBI got involved in this. This is how important it was. FBI and campus police found that the act was done by an alumnus who is part of a charity organization that conducts random acts of kindness for students. The symbol on the flag, which is an owl, represents the group, which is wise investment philanthropy. So (laughs) owls are wise. Unclear who the uh, recipient of this hateful check of eights was, but this is a situation in which someone was given a free check. They effectively won a mini lottery and it was interpreted as a hate crime. That's how twisted we have all of this. Though I will acknowledge the the check amount is weird and there's no explanation. Yeah, yeah. They must have some connection to the eights. Incident three, campus police actually are investigating as a hate crime. A still unidentified person left a noose around a statue of Homer, the Greek poet. Security footage shows uh, apparently a white guy walking around campus earlier in the month. And I guess he climbed the statue and left the noose around the statue's neck. Now, somehow I gather that's interpreted as an anti-black hate crime. 
Uh, the, the Washington Post reports that this man left a note that says TikTok as well. So if you're a Greek poet on the on the un- a campus of the University of Virginia, your time is up. The day of the rope is coming for Greek poets in Charlottesville. <laughs> I don't even understand how this is an anti-black. Like what? This is interpreted the as an anti- the new, but the noose around a statue of Homer. I, I like. I hate to break it to the racial activists, but a lot of people have been hanged. A lot of people have died by noose of a variety of That's races. True. Yeah. So yeah. to interpret the noose as a symbol of uniquely black mistreatment. Uh, no, no, it's it's been applied to a lot of people. Yikes. So anyway, watch out to the, the Greeks on campus. Beware. TikTok, your day is coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, and you have anything else to say about that before the movie review? Every week it's the same, isn't it? Come on, guys, with these hoax hates. Interest me. I want some intrigue. Oh, this this one, the the check is that one's new. I've never seen uh, a. It's fine. I've never seen a check delivery called called a hate crime. That's that one. That one's got some new flavor to it. Anyway, all right, time for the movie review. In a world of movie references flying over his head, one man. We'll finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. This week's movie is the 2014 Christopher Nolan sci-fi thriller Interstellar, in which an ex-NASA pilot turned humble farmer is accidentally recruited to fly a mission to save humanity from a decaying planet transcending space-time to return to the family That's greater in scale than all of it. We don't have any movie nominator commentary this week because this was a randomly selected IMDb top rated movie after the list was rejected last week. Interstellar ranks number 26 on IMDb's top 250. Oh, my God. Coincidentally, right behind the recently reviewed green. No, actually, I was wrong. Interstellar is 27. Green Mile is 26. I think I want to get that right. Um not that you didn't just give it away, but because of our uh, data collecting project, I inadvertently saw your score for this movie as well. So the surprise. Oh, did you? Sorry. No, it's my fault because I, I shouldn't have. I should have known. Anyway, so I know your numeric opinion, but I don't know your reasoning. Okay. Um, there were some good things about this movie. There was a lot of visual interest. And and strangely, I liked this thing about um, the humans affecting this different dimension you know, uh, in the past. I like, I like that. Like, I like this time travel kind of sciencey element and the way that, uh, the continuum of continuum of time was treated differently in different worlds. Um, I liked all that. There was some good ethical stuff regarding the moral cost of perpetuating the species. Um, I like that too. I like that Matt Damon was like this secret asshole. That was great. Uh, but, but it was three hours long. Holy shit. Three <laughs> hours long. It's like, I don't know. And then because it was so sciencey, all of the all of the details had to be just straight up explained. And I kind of hate that when they mm. when they do that in film. I feel like it's a director's failing because the entire point of film is for the audience to pick up on what's going on based on interaction between the characters and the dimensions of the plot and everything like that. But there was like a whole scene where Matthew McConaughey was like well, we were the ghosts because X, Y, and Z, and then this sciencey thing, and then this stupid sciencey thing. And I was like, I just hate that you're explaining this to me. If you mm. did a good job, you wouldn't have to be telling me what's going on. Um, but if they didn't tell me, I would have no idea what was going on. So it was necessary to some degree. Um, 
and I, I just hated that, like having to have it all laid out for me. Um, if you have to do that, your movie's too confusing. I gave three out of five, but now that I'm talking about it, I'm going to downgrade that to a two. That's two the score five. that I saw. In, oh, was, I put two in there? I think so, yeah. Unless oh, I was my, mistaken. Okay, I put three in my uh. in my review that I wrote. But yeah, I didn't hate it. Uh, I, I just, what like these narcissistic directors that are just like, it's so masturbatory to think that, you're, that the audience wants to watch a three-hour movie. Hmm. Uh, for once, I didn't necessarily hate the length, although it probably could be condensed a little bit. But I didn't feel quite the same about this three-hour entry as I did about some others. And I, when I first started watching this movie, I thought I was in for it because it starts off and I'm thinking, okay, great. It's going to be three hours of globo homo propaganda yeah. about some global warming threat that they all have to come together and you know be good little communists to confront. There are shades of that, but by the end of the movie, I liked that a lot of those premises were challenged. And indeed, I think some, yeah. a lot of those premises were shown not to be correct. So uh, I, 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 I wouldn't say it's this movie's kind of a love hate for me, but it's more love than hate because I think it's really interesting to think about. And that's, of course, how I usually gauge my scores is whether I'm prompted to think about these things later and how much they occupy my mind after the fact. So what I appreciated the most, um, it's actually, I think one of the cheesiest, cringiest moments in the movie, but it's phrased another way. It's true. When Anne Hathaway's character is like, you know, the one thing that transcends dimensions of time and space love. is love. And it's like, Oh God, facepalm. Cause it seems so cringy, but it actually replaced the word love with family. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, the story, Matthew McConaughey's character succeeding through motivation and loyalty to his daughter rather than loyalty to humanity at large as he's urged to do throughout the movie. You got to yeah. think bigger than your family, man. And uh, you're going to, you might have to make the choice between saving the world and saving your kids. But by the end of the movie, his loyalty to his daughter is what saves everyone. Mm -hmm. And if everyone did that, if everyone remained focused on their loyalty and service to their own family, we'd all be in a lot better place. Right. It's, it's not to say that a good deed for your fellow man is, is not valuable or is a waste of time, but just broad scale in general terms, if you're more focused on fixing the world out there than you are about fixing your own home and providing for your own family, it's a fool's errand because you can't take on that much responsibility. You're not capable. And at some level you're going to neglect what's more directly your responsibility, which is your family That's itself. True. So I did there was some good stuff there. Okay. I appreciated that theme that everyone's telling him think bigger than your family dude. But, but in the end it's thinking of his family that, that completes uh, the hero's path, I suppose the saving of the day uh, you mentioned um, uh, Matt Damon's character, uh, Dr. Man. And then there's Dr. Brand. Who's the guy, the big brain of all of this. I really liked the, instance liked is a weird way to say but i liked that they both lied betrayed deceived yeah. brand you might say did it virtuously because he had that wasn't to great. well he had to achieve this this virtuous end and that's why he did it man was just i deceived people by falsifying data to try to trick people into bringing a rescue mission to me but after years of being told to trust the science and trust the yeah. scientists i yeah. just appreciate hey here's here's a good demonstration of 
how these these people are still just people. They come with all the same vulnerabilities to corruption, to cowardice, selfishness as the rest of us. Um, they may have a particular area of understanding or expertise, but you still have to vet them. You still have to challenge them. The best um, mitigation against that is transparency. I'm not sure this movie did a great job with that lesson, but the science, the scientists being uh, kind of moral pieces of crap. I, I yeah. did at least some yeah, of that. Yeah. I appreciated. Yeah. And then I, I was fascinated too, by just like the, the, this being a plausible quote unquote scientific explanation for ghosts. And I think, um, I just think that we've all, I don't know. You tell me most people I know have had some kind of experience with what you think might be communication or, something from another dimension like a flickering light or a weird sound or in my case i talk about like hyper realistic dreams that i get at certain points yeah. in time maybe not everybody has that i but i i i feel like i have some elements of that in my life and i, I like that this provided something of a plausible explanation for what that might be beyond just sort of the silliness of like halloween haunting type stuff mm -hmm. that maybe yeah, there are did a woman have to save the day that was the other thing <laughs> yeah i that's I have some thoughts on that momentarily. Um, the point being that I, I don't think it's unreasonable at all to think that there might be extra dimensional aspects of our world that we have yet to comprehend. And this is maybe one scientifically plausible consideration for, for how that might be. Um, and, and the movie was done with the consultation of this, uh, Nobel prize winning theoretical physicist. Now I, I know I told, right. I just mocked the idea of trusting the experts, but I'm not saying he's automatically right. I'm just saying I appreciate that they tried to maintain some fidelity to what is a uh, a scientific understanding of how these things work, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm. Um, as far as what I didn't appreciate, you know, Matthew McConaughey's loyalty to his family is what saves the day. But at the end of the, but it's also still the entire project is still this operation by a secret society of wise experts who saved the world. Yeah, I know, and I I hate that. Um, the, there's this point where brand even says, well, you know, we have to keep this because it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for this to be secret. As I just said, if you believe corruption can infiltrate science, just like anything else, the, the mitigation is transparency. You have to keep this sort of thing as publicly open as possible so that people can vet it. And indeed, if you had an existential threat to the planet seems sensible that everyone ought to know about that. So we could combine our brain power yeah. to think up some good solutions Instead, this movie opts for, no, no, we have to keep it secret. And Brand says, public opinion won't allow spending on space exploration, not when we're <laughs> struggling to put food on the table, as though yeah. that's somehow a foolish order of priorities. Right. And and that he's still the, the big brain wise man who understands and can think more long term than the typical rube. If you, you idiots can't be trusted to evaluate your own lives and the risks yeah. against it. Yeah. And oh, thank thank God that we had his wisdom, not just to think up the solution, but to lie, to give us the Fauci virtuous lie for our own good to achieve <laughs> yeah, for it. Our I own really, good. Right. I hated that theme. Yeah, you just mentioned. Um, you know, I get it. Women can do science too. Yeah, I'm sorry, Anne Hathaway. I'll never assume you're not a professor again. I, I'm sorry to Cooper. Should have known her hair is short. I, I'm sorry for assuming assuming that Matthew McConaughey's character Cooper, his son. That his son would help him save the day instead of his daughter. I'll never do that again. Yeah, really. Uh, I found a certain irony, though, that in the end, Amelia, Anne Hathaway's character, she takes off her helmet and she goes to the colony because what? It's plan B time, which means what? It's time for her to get banged out for eternity <laughs> to populate that colony. 
So enjoy your feminist themes, but those are over. Now you're yeah. a baby factory. All right. Yep. Get at yeah, it. Totally. Yeah. Okay. I uh, didn't think about that, but that is true. Cooper's son played by your favorite guy, Casey Affleck from the uh, Jesse James movie. I hated, the, I hated that he was just an afterthought. He's the one who stayed loyal to his dad and maintained the farm and didn't give up on his dad. Like his, his dumb bitch sister <laughs> believes that that dad just uh, left them and and left them to die. And she bails for a long time and then comes back because this solves the equation with his help. Yeah, the son did all the right things. And then he's just an afterthought. We yeah. don't get to see his end of life like hers. We don't- and one of his kids died, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I and he punched the doctor, which was great. The, the based Tom, I appreciated, and he did not get a proper ending. He was just an, he was just an afterthought. But it's patriarchy runs society and all this. All right. Just a couple more points, because I know I'm going long here. But clearly this movie made me think the entire premise is is somewhat silly. The idea that we have a threat on our planet. And it would be easier to figure out, number one, how to find a hospitable planet and then adapt mm. to that planet and, ch- and maybe even change its characteristics. There's no way that, that going to an unknown planet would be easier than just solving the problem that we have here on our own planet. That, that seems yeah. hard for me to grant that premise. And then if this this rehabilitation project that we're going to do takes decades or centuries of earth time to achieve because we got to go out there and do the exploration. We got to build a whole colony. Well, then how urgent is the emergency that we're facing? Anyway, we have to act now. Otherwise we'll be inconvenienced in 80 years time. Well, that's not that urgent. That that whole premise seems a little odd. And I know that the movie might push back and say, well, the, the timeline doesn't line up that way because that's the space time bending. Like it's actually a shorter amount of time or a longer amount of time. There are a few holes here that, that I thought space time bending was just kind of a cop out. Like if it doesn't line up in terms of the timing, it was just space time bending, whatever you can go to any point in time, whenever you want. Uh, it's a time machine effectively. And there was to the point on the, the timeline, not necessarily lining up in a sensible way to me. Cooper's, uh, Matthew McConaughey's character, his his ghostly communication from the fifth dimension, I thought also had a confusing timeline because he goes there and and he's he's simultaneously urging himself to stay, meaning don't that go. That was confusing to me, too. Yeah. But why would he do that? Because he doesn't want to leave his daughter, I guess, and have her hate him or give up on him or whatever the consequence. But everybody was. would die. And he wasn't sure that he, at that point in time, that he wasn't going to still be able to save everybody. Yeah. He had just entered a weird interdimensional thing where he realized that he was communicating with some other kind of like spiritual realm or an alien or something like that. And then he's like, no, don't let me come here. It's like fucking why, why dude? Like, yeah, stay. But then he's also giving himself the coordinates to go. And I understand when you watch it from his fifth dimension, you're supposed to think, well, he had an emotional reaction at first. He didn't want himself to go to end up in this spot. Then he collected himself and uh, through his senses realized that the mission is important. So he delivered the coordinates. But the trouble is on the other side, in the earthly dimension, the chronology was reversed. The sequence of events was reversed. So first there the coordinates were delivered to go so they went to the secret base right then later the directions to stay were delivered right 
so in the in the movie like the the real world the earth chronology it's backwards from the way he did it in the fifth dimension but oh, i'm supposed God, to believe i hated this should i give it, it a one i guess it's like because it's in it's all the moments at once that he can just go between moments and time travel i just thought that that was a little for a movie that prides itself on scientific fidelity and plausibility that just seemed a little off or a little odd and the idea that you well you could just go whenever you want wherever you want whenever you want that seemed like kind of a combo to me but anyway uh i did i did give it a uh four out of five what why rating. you just talked for like 40 minutes about how this movie sucked because <laughs> it made me think a lot uh Ugh, that is say, your standard for a movie boo it has as i mentioned it has some glomo themes and some possible plot holes. But I think it's still a movie that gets its priorities generally correct. I didn't even talk about how well presented I think this movie is visually and in its soundtrack. And just I think I think it's a very beautiful movie as far as its artistic choices. And as this I just a mess, as I jabbered about for the last half hour, I think uh, it has plenty of interesting dilemmas and implications that have occupied my mind for the, the days since. So it's a four out of five from me. And as far as the audience reaction, uh, people are mostly aligned with me. Uh, 40% of the early vote giving it a four wiki, but it drops off from there. Uh, A lot of threes, about a quarter of the vote at three. And um, only about 15, 16% of the vote, 17% maybe in the two and one. So people are a little more lukewarm, lukewarm, positive, not, not the hate, but trash. (laughs) I do find Matthew McConaughey just sublimely likable. Uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with him as an actor, I suppose. I no, but like on an individual level, I'm like, this is one Hollywood actor that I bet is not a retard shit lib. He probably is. No, actually. he 100% is. He gave a gun control speech not long ago at all. No, he, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I should just assume. Because but the he, thing is, he's, he's married from, to the same woman for a long time, right? It's because he's from Uvalde. That's why he gave oh, the speech. I did know that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Ah, well, this. cheer up because next week it's Mel Gibson and he can do no wrong. The Patriot is the movie next week. So we will. The last time I saw it was when he had a we had a substitute teacher in middle school history class. It's the last time I saw the Patriot. So I I do remember it generally, but it'll be nice to watch as an adult. Oh, he's so hot. Does he get naked in this? I I don't remember. I don't uh, I don't think so. Oh, Mel. Oh, Mel. He's just my favorite. (laughs) Anyway, uh, remaining nominations for your vote. Uh, for the movie after that, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, Brokeback Mountain, Truman Show, Weekend at Bernie's, Mulholland Drive, John Q, Oblivion, or of course you can vote to reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead. And as a reminder, if you'd like to read my movie reviews, comment how wrong I am, submit your own rating, vote for the next movie, sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month. The one and only place to do it is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That, of course, is Matt Christensen Media dot com. All right, let's catch up with our chatters. Sure. Let me reload this. Actually, I already fucked this up. 
I don't remember who the last person was. Why am I so confused uh, by something we've been doing for like a billion years? <laughs> Clearly, one day we'll master this super chat system. No, we're back to the old system. I should know. Okay, <laughs> reactivating the troops. Yeah. Robin D. Banks. Ubi I know where Woody. I left off. Let me see if I can find. Uh, I have to refresh on Tippy Stream, though. Ah, I'm ready. All right. The Mike David Smoke Show. The right took over the Sweden elections last week. And as, and as, of, as of today, the right just took the government in Italy. Are we seeing the pendulum start to swing? Um, perhaps, but I don't, I don't know that it really matters. You guys need to level up. The, the next level is realizing the left right dichotomy is entirely invented. Uh, yeah. It, it, like we were talking about earlier, getting the right people in Congress. I mean, I'll, I'll take it, uh, at least replacing the current ones that are there. But until I see some meaningful surrendering or decentralization of power, I won't call it the win right. that, uh, that we're that we're needing but maybe in smaller countries perhaps that could be you know when you're talking about a smaller country like i mean smaller smaller relative to our country like italy or like any other european country now they still have the eu to deal with um italy's a member country right Mm -hmm. i I know so little about european political organization but Uh, yeah they were on the euro yeah um if you're if you're still under the thumb of the eu you have similar problems uh to what we have in our federal government so maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it's not the win. But, but if all of us individually, irrespective of a countryside, got country size, got like um, a Pinochet in, so like <laughs> Pinochet comes into the United States government and then just starts killing everybody that committed treason uh, for COVID. Defensively. Actually yeah. defensive um, helicopter rides, Susan. You know, he, he didn't kill that many people. He just killed enough people so that the remainder of communists were like, oh, we better uh, get out of this country or go hide or something like that. Yeah. You only have to kill enough people to shut everyone else up. You don't have to kill everyone. I guess I got to read up on my Pinochet. He was awesome. Hmm. Truly uh, an amazing world leader. Um, Mel Gibson, Jason, one, Pinochet, two. I don't know. I, I'm <sighs> Wow. I know. Okay. Uh, Jason Morton. Hey, guys. I'll catch y'all in the morning. Keep up the important work. Curious to see if you bagged anything, Matt. He did not. He didn't. Uh, There's probably a joke to be made about bagging something else, but uh, I will refrain from that. No, I I bagged um, knowledge and experience and uh, even keener sense of irony. That's what I bagged. Ew. Daniel Jagger, Jagger, uh, in dissident journalism news, have you checked out Callum from the Lotus Eaters vlog from Afghanistan? One of the coolest pieces I've seen. I haven't. I didn't Caleb? know he went to Afghanistan. I think it's Callum, I believe. Yeah. Oh, okay. I got it um, right the first time. Damn. I, I, I'm familiar with him generally, but I didn't know he was in Afghanistan or did work from Afghanistan. So I'll have to Me check either. it out. Um, Jeffrey Epstein left. No, no. Thank you. Hillbilly Deluxe. Have a happy birthday, Blonde. Matt, keep at it. Persistence pays in the end. Plus, that first taste of freshly cooked backstrap makes up for all the uh, forays that end without a full freezer. That's probably true. I don't know. I've never killed anything. Yeah, it's. Uh, it, I think it'll be a long-term interest for me. I don't think I'm going to jump right back into it, but um, I think it'll be one of those long-term goals, and that's the other lesson that I learned. You want to have those things that are extremely challenging to you that you hope to one day achieve. That's one thing that kind of provides you with uh, motivation, purpose. You want to, you want a, a major yeah. challenge uh, on your list. And and I would say this is one of a, a handful that if I achieve and say the next, if I, if I were to, to successfully harvest an elk in the next 10 to 20 years, I would call that successful, you know, now maybe, yeah. Maybe the circumstances of the world will force me to do that in the next 10 to 20 months. 
because you can't buy food at the grocery store anymore. Ugh, but that's um, true. but yeah, I, I certainly don't expect immediate success and I won't gauge my satisfaction with it uh, on whether I'm immediately successful or not. It's that's the point of very difficult challenges. They're that's supposed true. to be tough. They are. Uh, are there a bunch of kids at my house right now? I don't know. Totally. Weird. All right. Slosher, better luck hunting next year, Matt. I've never been hunting before, but I want to go for some ducks next year. Will you try elk again, whitetails, or something else? Hmm. Uh, it's more, there are whitetails here at that elevation that we were at. There, we did see a lot of mule deer as well, and he had a combo tag, so we could he could have taken a, a mule deer buck. Uh, but that, I have no experience hunting them either. It seems to me like you need sneak level 9,000 to actually successfully bow hunt a mule deer those things take off and are so jumpy Uh, we did see here for miles around it seems like it'd be tough but i I, you know i'm sure guys do it so they must have their ways um but we probably saw i don't know a half dozen mule deer but we didn't see any bucks at least i didn't they were all does yeah so maybe maybe i will entertain smaller game in the future i don't know but the part of me is like if i'm only gonna if i'm gonna treat this as a long-term goal and just do it one day i just want the big thing i know that's kind of foolish because it's like well why why would you try the bigger harder thing uh instead of trying something smaller and easier first but i don't know i just i don't know just keep at it it'll be really gratifying when you finally get it done yeah it'd be awesome um, tough tiffies. <laughs> it's been a while since I've attended a live. Happy birthday, Blonde. Have you guys heard about the backyard CRISPR biohacking that's going on? Curious to know what no. you think. I, I'm loosely familiarized with CRISPR. It's gene editing therapy, right? That's what I, that's what I, I don't know exactly what it is, but that's what rings the bell in my head that it's about genetic modification or genetic selection. Usually I hear that word right. with reference to like, do you want to pick your baby's eye color and things right, like that? Right. Yeah. I don't. Uh, shoot me an email, Tiffy. Uh, Polar Bear, happy birthday, Blonde. Can you please give a shout out to my friend Dan in San Diego who's watching too right now because his birthday is also tomorrow. It's the best birthday for the wow. best people. Um, happy birthday, Dan. I do like, I, I do, I've always liked having September birthday because um, I was the oldest, like first in my class. Ah. So that always made for a fun, a fun birthday. Um, and it was during the school year. Robin D. Banks, uh, now this ain't Robin, it's Dr. Fauci. Had the NSA hacker phone. You tinked at COVID-19 with some crazy shit. You ought to see what I'm cooking up in my bathroom sink right now. I <laughs> Poisoned up, by Fauci is an, acceptable, is an acceptable fate. I, I, that would be the ultimate hit piece, too. If Fauci personally murdered me, all right. Yeah. I get credited with a hit piece for that. Knuckle hunky buck. Stacey Abrams doesn't eat too much food. She shows excessive mandible activity. <laughs> He, he was knuckle hunky buck, man. He's, he's no. always got the clever ones. He also said rights can be universal without electoral leadership being affected. Authority is not a right. Mm. No one has the right to govern anyone else without the consent of the governed. That's an interesting way of phrasing it. And that is what it might be watered down. It might be uh, each individual vote is, is sort of uh, minimally consequential. But every time you vote, you are. Uh, potentially exercising power over another. That's true. Right. Uh, so you don't necessarily, you don't have a universal right to exercise power over others. It's always a question of when and under what circumstances. That's an interesting way to make that distinction. I appreciate that because that's to the prior question about whether it's a right that's the same about uh, the things that we consider to be natural rights, which are rights to be left alone. In fact, mm-hmm. the, the right to vote is something different than 
the right to be left alone. Right. There's, there's something that, that is true. There's something d- different about it. it's more proactive. Yeah, it's it's the it's the quote unquote right to exert influence or power over others. Hillbilly Deluxe, uh, regarding 13 and 30, charitable explanation. She's a member of a politically connected family who knows Joe's per- Joe personally. In her 20s, she became a political activist for Joe. I hate myself now. Yes, Hillbilly Deluxe. Wait, wait. I'm not sure I follow. That she, w- that she w- was only useful to Biden when she was of age and in not in an above board way. Politically. Is that a joke or is that serious? Now I'm totally No, he's lost. serious. That like she worked for his administration or something when she was in her 20s. But he said she was 12. But they met when she was 12 because he comes. she comes from a political family. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. That he's known her since they were 12, but they did not work together until she was older. Okay. Yeah. Um, the S-Foil says, Stacey Abrams just demonstrated why people ask for a white or Asian male doctor. Happy shared B-Day, Blonde. I'm 41 tomorrow. Better luck next time on the hunting trip map. Thanks. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, Mortimer Duke. COVID-19 was invented for one purpose, to stave off the collapse of social security and other retirement benefits in lieu of a politically toxic legislation to fix them. Hmm. It's a global herd culling. Oh, to actually kill old people? If that ah. was the real reason, then maybe I could reassess whether or not I think this was a bad Corona idea. was based. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's a, a 180. Yeah. Um, Naka book. Rights can be universal without electoral. I read that. Thank you, Chimp in a bow time. It, if it turns out Shannon Brandt is a Republican and made up the political argument story to get an easy ride in the judicial system, do you think the liberal media might start talking about the story? Probably. I, I guarantee they would. Yeah. Michael Anderson, voting age women outnumber voting age men. Women register to vote and vote at a higher rate than men. Every shit politician we have is the result of female uh, voters. Fight the matriarchy. I'm inclined to agree. Um, Sean Garvey, science must not impose any philosophy any more than the telephone must tell us what to say. Mm. G.K. Chesterton. Chesterton. Interesting quote. Yeah. And and by the same sort of similarly, uh, uh, science... I don't know if this is phrased correctly, but it it requires a philosophy or it requires a a moral like anything else. It requires a moral core. Yeah. Just because something is scientifically correct does not make it right or does not make it wrong necessarily. It's sort of morally neutral. It is a tool like anything else where tools can be used for good things. Tools can be used for bad things. Uh, We have just decided that if something is scientifically determined then it has some sort of moral value because I think to the point that you were making earlier, uh, we've abandoned traditional notions of moral origins, where morality yeah. comes from. Now it's just the lab coat. If they yeah. tell us it's good, it's good. Um, so I agree that science must not impose any philosophy, but but I guess what I would say is science cannot be the philosophy. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Uh, um, Stedman Wellis. What's good, 242 crew? Glad you popped your hunting cherry. Come to Texas and I can fly whilst fly mm. you whilst hunting. Any luck on other platforms where Susan the Great can't put her wretched witch finger, witch-like finger down to tip the scales? Um, we're doing okay on other platforms. Yeah, right? uh, thank you for the uh, hunting offer as well. Uh, yeah, we, uh, we're not only can you get the show on demand, but you can get it live on Rumble, Odyssey, and DLive as well. Rumble in particular is doing great. And I don't mean that just for us. I mean that as a platform, Mm -hmm. the one thing I wanted to talk about with Rumble that I scratched from the show for time, they just went public. Did they? 
Yeah, and that's a that I'm very conflicted about that because I think that's great for the the potential growth of the platform and their access They're going to, to be to capital. Um, less but, independent. Yeah, but that does you're right. It comes with a lot more strings now that the uh now that they're beholden to shareholders who may have certain political orientations, financial yeah. motivations. And of course, uh, um Rumble already had now Rumble was let me be uh, as clear as possible. Rumble has not only never censored us or my channel. I'm not aware of Rumble censoring ever anybody. censoring anyone. Yeah. It, it might happen. So don't, it might be out there. I'm not saying it's never happened. So in my own personal experience, they've been great. They do have a so-called hate speech policy in these community standards that actually do read a lot like YouTube and other platforms. But they're not enforcing I've them. just never seen them enforce them. Hmm. So we'll see England should try to get a channel and we'll see if they're truly free speech. I suppose that is the test, but I can tell you based on limited uh, personal interaction with the people who run rumble. I have spoken with them a few times briefly. It's not like I'm buddy buddy with all of them and I know them super well, but based on my experience with them, I, I believe that they're sincere about what they're trying to build. Uh, I've been wrong before I've been tricked by people before, but but um, but I think if you're looking for a place to watch the show and and, su- and potentially support the show or not just this show, but any other uh, similar content that that Rumble is a safer place than YouTube is currently. So for I, sure, I, I hope oh, yeah. they have success. Uh, and of course, they've integrated with locals and they're building a, a whole bunch of stuff. I just hope they maintain what they've built so far, because I think what they've built so far is great. Just don't. Now there are now there are tentacles getting involved and those tentacles make me a little nervous. That's all. I hear you. Yeah. Um, Lapko says, I've got an idea about the 19th Amendment. How about we let women vote, but we don't count them? <laughs> Limiting <laughs> voting to property ownership helps nothing. BlackRock, Gates and Bezos already choose government. That's true. I, I suppose there's some uh, potential roadblocks there. Three fifths compromise on women. Let's go. But with it that. wouldn't be like you would have more voting power based on the amount of of land that you own bill yeah, it's would still just, have one uh, would have a right. single vote you don't get uh yeah what i what i'm saying is like uh well number one we need to properly make pretty much all uh issues as local as or state oriented as possible as the constitution was originally designed so that would mean that your vote has as much force as possible in the local or state setting and the way that you get uh the franchise in that locality or that state is by having some skin in the game. So whether you own 50 homes on a golf course in that state, or you own a trailer in that state, you still get the same vote because you have some investment in that particular area. That's kind of what I would envision. That's true. Um, Daniel Yeager, could we get a Bryson Gray or a Tyson James remix for Linda? I know some people have, I've seen some remixes circulating. So I know people have had fun with her rap song. Long John John just uh, got here after doing some housework. Matt, how was your trip up Brokeback Mountain, Montana? Rewind to the beginning of the show. Do you have a fridge full of elk meat and head on your wall to show for it? You know he doesn't. Let me just answer that question. Uh, Colton Regal. (laughs) It's it's about 10 minutes into the show. I told the full story. So scrub back to then. Thank you. Just a little PSA. Talk to a doctor about antidepressants. Side effects include weight gain, aggression, mood swings, and addiction. All that, and it's still a coin flip as to whether they work. To be honest, you're better off drinking. That is the worst advice I have ever heard. The person that asked us that was an alcoholic dealing with a mood disorder. Hmm. Um, 
No. The, the doctor actually said that though? The no. doctor said No, no. Okay. Oh, he's saying, to be honest, you're better off. Antidepressants have side effects, um, Mm. but they work for some people. They're wildly overprescribed, but um, they help a lot of people, too. So, you know, we don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Alcohol is not good for anybody. Even these studies about moderate drinking and improving health turned out to be bullshit. So, you know, it's a it's a neurotoxin. It poisons all of your organs. James Rogers, to answer your question, the guidance for classification standards is DOD 5200-01 Information Security Program of Classified Information. It covers implementation of Executive Order 12958, signed 1997. I don't know what any of that means. Uh, this is our, uh, remember, this is our, I think, Navy Intel guy who oh, was right. commenting before Thank you, James. on some of the specifics. And this was, I think, regarding um, what we were talking about earlier with whether Trump's classification is the single legal linchpin or whether it's more complicated than just the, yeah. the classification status of the documents. Um, well, we'll have to just keep following the case and thank you for your information as always, James, and for supporting the show. Uh, knuckle honky buck. Either you're supposed to pronounce it as a statue of Homa <laughs> without the hard R, or maybe it was a typo and it was a statue of a homie. Ah, ah. This is the connection to how it was an anti-black hate crime. Yeah. Um, do you Homer have this up? I need to R. reload. Yeah, Donde 2K says, uh, Matt, you failed to realize that the elk were luring both hunting parties to the kill zone. You've no idea how lucky you are out uh, now to watch the final 80 minutes of Interstellar. Cheers. Now, the one thing I will say that I can't eliminate that possibility that actually we were both pursuing what could have been a bull elk and calling. And here's That's the true. Here's the way the, there are a couple of factors. Seems I can't unlikely. N- number one. The area that we were in, again, was it, this was a, a really marshy meadow area in a mountain valley. And there was uh, I mean, it was just it was thickly it was thick vegetation. So it's possible that that this that this bull was just there and I never saw it. Um, the other the other factor that really blew our mind is that as we were tracking tracking these uh, what we believed to be bull bugles and the sound was unmistakable whether it was coming from that guy's bugle horn or whether it was coming from a real bull elk there's no mistaking the sound it was clear as day and within our immediate vicinity but as we were approaching we had some trouble finding out where it was coming from and that could be because it's bouncing off a whole bunch of things including the mountainside but it sounded like it was coming from pretty significant um distance intervals like it, it sounded like it would be over here at one moment and then say five minutes later it would yeah, be maybe a hundred yeah. or two hundred yards or it just the the movement that it sounded like it had was faster than a human would conceivably produce mm-hmm. that might just be because sound was bouncing off a lot of obstacles yeah and yeah, gave yeah. us that perception but if you're right that both of us were duped by a real bull. And when I say both of us, I mean both hunting parties right, right. into into finding each other. Then that bull, I mean, he he deserves an elk award of some kind because he really he really tricked us all. And as soon <laughs> not only did we take off, I saw the other hunting party take off and they went the opposite direction. So he might have he might have got out of a situation. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You know, what's funny, too, is in the days prior, uh, I said to the. Because all I was doing was the cow calls to do the actual bull bugles a little more complicated. I don't have that skill. So I can do the more basic cow call. Uh, so I get to be the elk bitch the, the whole time. <laughs> and, but Maybe as, Dicko broke back. As he was doing the bugles, I asked him, have you ever uh, like 
have have hunters ever attracted themselves by doing this you trick another hunter and you do this i asked him you do the spider-man meme like i i foresaw this situation and then it yeah. became real like the next day so i felt so dumb because i had this you know just this adri- i felt so shitty soaking wet dead tired feet are all <laughs> blistered just in rough shape and then i get this adrenaline rush because i think we're finally gonna do it and then we just and get the nothing. same spider-man meme with it's some other hunt- hunters that i joked about the day before yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway um Oh, uh, Carrie we? Green is up next. You guys are awesome. Well, thank you, Thanks. Carrie. Very much appreciated. Majorison said, how do I go we about bribing you. someone to You're nominate Sharknado? <laughs> Bribery for a Sharknado movie nomination. That's what I'm is. into it. Uh, I think Kato. I've seen Sharknado or it maybe one of the sequels. It, right? They made several of those movies, I think. Hmm. Um, Chunky Kato. Happy birthday. My birthday is tomorrow, too. Happy birthday. Thank you for that. Happy birthday. Um, Eric Burns March attacking a Homer statue is anti-black. We was Pendos. What's Pendos? Something we should know. Shirley. I appreciate the spirit, even if the joke was over my head. John says the reason that 80 years matters is because it's a blink in the Earth's lifetime and your entire lifetime. That's the reason you focus on the small things to save everyone is that it creates the same result. I don't know what this is in reference to, but that's true. That's interstellar. Oh, like the the gap in time between the earth gap in time between from when Matthew McConaughey left to when he returned to the Saturn colony that his daughter Murph is on is she's like early teens when he leaves and she's 90 something when he comes back. So it's something like 80 years. Yeah. Okay. Preston Oxenshirt says Oxenhurt says happy birthday blonde. My scary age was 30. But I just hit it a little while ago, and I felt a lot better about a lot of things. I hope you enjoyed your day. Well, it is tomorrow, so I, I have yet to enjoy it. Yeah. Ah. I am not so scared to get older anymore. I just I just don't get fat, and that's pretty much all I can do, right? <laughs> that, that is a, uh, an achievement, the older we get. You know? <laughs> I know. Behana fam, I want the bigger, harder thing. It makes sense to try a little easier first, <laughs> easier thing first. I want the big, hard one. So ah. I'm guessing Matt is going to like Brokeback Mountain next, next week. Don't make us watch that. Uh, um, that probably is a direct quote. I didn't realize and I got that. news for you. That means you're gay. <laughs> Knuckle Hunky Buck has a real good one right here. Mm. Watching Brokeback Mountain will ruin Blonde's whole week, but it will make Matt's whole week. Wow. H-O-L-E-W-E-A-K. Clever. Hilarious. <laughs> Esoterica Unbound. Be of good cheer, Matt. I'm probably disappointing to my dad and that I was never interested in hunting. My daughter's making up for me in that she bagged two deer just last year. Wow. My auto insurer wasn't oh, impressed. Well, uh, my condolences <laughs> on the circumstances, but uh, I, maybe you still harvested the deer. I, I don't know. Um. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know that I'll ever become like a big time hunter guy, guy, but uh, could hunt if he had to guy is my aim. That is all we really want. Um, Ham Magnuson, have you guys heard of Mid Journey yet? It's spectacular, but I don't know. Satanic thoughts appreciated. Also, Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch Chan, All Hallows Eve 2022. Love you guys. Um, That would be awesome. I don't think Skaggs. I've yet to get him into Murdoch, Murdoch. Uh, I've seen it. I mean, I can I can appreciate it. I've only seen a few episodes. I understand why people like it. Yeah. Thank you. Dangerous spaces. Uh, Donnie bigger staff says what happens if the majority of rumble shares are held by the masses? Yeah. It'd be a real fucking problem. Maybe a real problem. Yeah. And that that's, I mean, that's, that's not very far off. 
we could be facing that almost immediately. Clint asks, I liked Interstellar, but the fact that it is 100% obvious he didn't give a crap about his son really pissed me off in ways I can't completely explain. That was also annoying. I'm like, he's like, you're a farmer. Good for you, son. And then he leaves. He like pats him on the head. But like leaving with his daughter, it's like a whole thing. And his bitch daughter daughter even started the family farm on fire as a distraction. (laughs) Well, it worked. I know. But like, why is she the why is she the hero? All right. She bailed on her dad. She she. Because she saved the earth. I don't care. So you did the right calculations on the chalkboard. Then all came yeah, together. Whatever. Colton Regal. Uh, lol, I am the person who asked you about AD. I don't know where you got mood disorder from. Oh, he's the person that asked. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I thought, oh, did you reference them as separately? Yes, yeah. uh, but you made my point accidentally. Alcohol is bad for you, but antidepressants are so much worse. That is untrue. Hmm. Uh, I mean, it depends on what antidepressant. But um, if you're drinking at levels of of an alcoholic, alcohol is clearly going to going to be worse for you i understand why people are resistant to pharmaceuticals i i truly do but but we we can't act like they aren't helping some people they are account me in the skeptics for sure but i say that with no personal experience of my own i just i have a a deep skepticism of all these pharmaceutical companies i don't want their pills for any purpose i will uh greet my deathbed before i will take their products but that, I understand that, but people have major psychiatric issues yeah, that are that are solved by that, some pharmaceutical. Like that's I was why listening I to Stefan Molyneux yeah. talk to this Indian guy who was a paranoid schizophrenic about how he like needs to exercise more or something. You know, I was mm. like, what are you doing? This guy needs to be heavily medicated or he's not going to have a functional life. Like you have to do a cost benefit analysis about how your life is going, yeah. how you want to be in your life and and make a decision. But if you're an alcoholic, like. You're, that's not better for you than going on a low dose antidepressant. That's fucking retarded. I, and I've never had the, the quote unquote need. So I acknowledge my perspective is based on, uh, not ever having the supposed, yeah. not ever having the diagnosis that would justify such a prescription or anything like that. But yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't want any pills. I don't want any pills of any that's, kind. That's fine. Yeah. There, except you don't for have any Advil on the hunting illness. trip. I was an, I was an Advil <laughs> hustler on this, uh, on this hunting trip, man, I was popping, popping double dose of Advil every couple hours. That's bad for you, too. Well, you the, so, was the, stomach lining. so was the pain, but I got through. Um, uh, you guys, I understand. And they're wildly overprescribed, but but nobody's going to convince me that they don't work for some people. Um, Levi Thornton. No, no. Let me reload. Thank you, Levi. Uh, Esoterica Unbound says, uh, happy birthday, Blonde. The fact that you look so lovely in such an advanced age (laughs) means that time will probably be relatively kind to you going forward. The only way you might look better is with a larger nose. Let's hope that I do have a giant nose in a few months time. Well, then we will know what that means. Yeah. Uh, John says, I want to reiterate that if Matt had taste in movies, you you would have already watched them. Yes, I'm referencing a joke from two weeks ago. Seen Sharknado, but not Alien Sacrilege, Matt. F character limits. I think I just saw it on like the sci-fi channel or something. I don't I don't think I ever purposefully I sought know. it out or rented it. I think it was one of those situations where it was just on TV, maybe at a hotel or something like that. I, I can't remember. Uh, are we caught up on YouTube? Yeah. Okay, okay, just a few over on uh, Tippy Stream. We'll call it a night. Actually, DLive, we have one too. Uh, thanks to our DLive viewers, as usual. Angel of Sorrow says, uh, loved seeing Don Lemon get put in his place. Uh, I forgot That's about true. that story. Now he's doing uh, 
morning show is that the, is that the deal he's off his nighttime show he's doing a morning show he's he, he called it a promotion even though he's one of he's gonna have to quit drinking i think three personalities well he's gonna have a court order to stop drinking if that <laughs> sexual assault lawsuit is ever resolved oh, that's right angel of sorrow yeah. says uh not broke back blonde will get another migraine well that's uh that that's was for terrible i forgot about that audience to decide over on uh, tippy stream let's see uh where did I leave off? Uh, Montana bound says, uh, Matt, my girlfriend and I are watching, uh, watching the show, uh, got engaged last week. We're moving to great falls, Montana. I'm oh, curious cool. what you think about that town, uh, where you would look, uh, where would you look to live if, uh, that is affordable in Montana? Well, congratulations to your family and, uh, congratulations on the move. I know very little about great falls. Actually. I went to a wedding there last summer, um, that's pretty much the extent of my experience. Um, so I'm the wrong guy to ask, but if I am correct, I think that great falls is maybe one of the more affordable, bigger cities in the state. Oh, cool. So you might have luck finding decently priced, uh, real estate there. I know I had, uh, um, a, f- uh, a friend of mine, left Bozeman last year for a new job in great falls. And part of the attraction was it's possible to buy a house in great falls. So (laughs) I think you'd probably be in uh, good shape, but, uh, but congrats. Uh, I'm sure you'll, I'm sure you'll find uh, what you're looking for and welcome to the state. Thank you for helping to outnumber the California influx, at least a little bit. Mike Hawk, uh, (laughs) Mike Hawk, 420 blazing. Uh, how do you get a country girl's attention? A tractor. Is that just one of those like uh, literal jokes? I don't know what it. Like attract. Oh, her. oh, oh. I, I didn't even <laughs> attract her. Ayo. That one was over my head. I thought she just liked a nice tractor. <laughs> that too. That's Bane Coof. I know I don't get, uh, I know you don't get along, but. Oh, uh, ROTC. I was thinking, what's wrong with the Reserve Officers Training Corps? I was thinking military. Uh, this would be Revenge of the Sis, the <laughs> podcast. They had a congressional candidate running in Pennsylvania. She reveals a lot of Democrat and FBI corruption in sabotaging her campaign. I think it would be a great idea to bring on good uh, Republicans. And there's Never. a, a, a those link. Those guys can't to, come on. Fuck those guys. No, no way. Uh, I think he's talking about the candidates, I think. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were talking there's about There's a link to the, to the interview. I can't watch it at the moment, but I do appreciate it. No, um, uh, yeah, obviously there were there was conflict in the past, and I not a fan of uh, how that all of that was conducted, but my whatever conflict I have with revenge of the sis is of very, very not even minimal importance. It's of no importance to me. That's not, I'm yeah. not interested in perpetuating uh, any of that. It was conflict. So, so wasn't that like three years ago or something? It was like late 2019. Yeah. So water under the bridge, as far as I'm concerned, uh, Herschel Shekelstein. Okay. I am ashamed of all the hate that you spout. Lots of places had soccer fields, theaters, pools, and wooden doors. You need to be ashamed if you can't. I I don't actually. (laughs) Have I stepped in something here? Yeah, don't. If you can't. uh, I actually don't even know. I'm just going to. All right. I'll just. That one got past me. I don't even know where that one's going. Uh, 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 Are you good over there? All right, Herschel. I got to reload. I'm on to you. Draft of the world says McConaughey 
uh, went on that obscenely stupid, uncomfortable conversations with a black man show. I didn't Uh, see that. Didn't Chip and Joanna go on that show, too? Oh, God. Also, don't forget to donate at lynda4utahsenate.com. That's lynda, the number four, utahsenate.com. I'm going to do it after the show. Uh, In fact, I'm going to open that in a browser window right now so I don't forget as I'm doing my post-show, you know. (laughs) chores that i need to do contrary christian i think interstellar was nolan's uh homage to kubrick and spielberg i mostly liked the kubrick elements while uh detesting the spielberg ones i could go through every scene and detail its faults every single one two out of five for the stellar visuals rotten screenplay it did have some themes uh or some who who directed uh Oh, that was neither Spielberg nor Kubrick, but it a lot of it seemed like it had a lot of uh, alien feel to me too. Ugh, but that fine. was um, Ridley Scott, right? Yes. All right, I think uh, we're all set here. We got a few over here. Okay. Let's see who's the last one. Um, the Eagle Spurk uh, callback question: The ten-year-old pregnant girl's from Ohio. I'm convinced she's the victim of sex trafficking, and no one wants to talk about that because abortion beats sex trafficking to the left. That's possible. Certainly could be. We don't know. We know that the alleged rapist is an illegal. I think. Oh, do we know the legal status of the mom? We don't know. No. But we do know, as far as I understand, that mom is the biological mother of that child. It's yes. But, but then again, in the context of a lot of illegals, you, you don't know. That's the point. People claim to be children's mothers or fathers for the purposes of trafficking them when that's not the case at all. So maybe. I'll emphasize I have no evidence to say this is the case, but it in the context of illegal immigration, we see that sort of behavior frequently. So it's, it's certainly a possibility. Um, happy Mars. I take Prozac for all of the things four of all things globus. Ah, I know globus. Well, the sensation of lumping your throat from anxiety. Hmm. They used to call it globus hystericus. Hmm. Globus is scary because, um, in like one percent of cases or something minuscule, you actually have throat cancer, hmm. but you also get it from anxiety. So, <laughs> Levi Thornton, I meant to say that the theory of both parties of hunters being lured sounds like a load of bull. Ah. You guys are awesome. Ah, <laughs> so I just took that completely the wrong way. <laughs> I'm still saying, don't dismiss the the possibility that we we both got duped by a smarter elk. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, after all that happened, I I said to the other guy, it's like. If we were successful, people wouldn't have believed this story. And even though we weren't successful, people still might not because it's so silly and stupid. Oh, it's kind of cute. Though. I'm telling you, this is no hoax hate. It really happened. <laughs> Last one is Colton Regal. I won't opine on my status as an alcoholic. However, I will say I haven't had a drink in two weeks. But if I was to do the same with, with uh, antidepressants, the doctors say the consequence could be dire. Except hmm. you can die of alcohol withdrawals, but you can't die of antidepressant withdrawals. So, hmm. I mean, so no. Well, they're all, uh, at least if I understand correctly, there are, there can be like suicidal consequences in those circumstances, but that's not alcoholism too. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. Um, you don't necessarily physiologically die from antidepressant withdrawals, but the, the withdrawals as as far as I understand can be quite brutal. Yeah. 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 They are. Um, but so are alcohol withdrawals. I suppose I've never experienced, 
uh, what I would consider to be alcohol addiction. Like I still enjoy a drink, but I've never had, it's never had that addictive property to me. Uh, I, I quite literally can stop whenever I want. And I only drink one. Wow. That's so crazy. Cause I was never from the first time I drank, I was never able to stop. Yeah. That, that doesn't have that effect on me, but I, I have friends for whom it clearly has that effect. So I, I wouldn't say that my experience is exactly the same as everybody else's. Well, it's alcoholism. Uh, yeah. Most alcoholics like don't work up to it. They just yeah. immediately can't control their drinking. Yeah. Um, that is it. All right. I'll give a quick refresh on Tippy. I think we're all set. Uh, thanks again to our listeners on D Live as well. We're all set. So uh, we will call it uh, a night. Thanks once again for uh, hanging out with us tonight, guys. If you're uh, hanging out live and chatting and supporting the show, much appreciated. If you're listening later on demand, assuming Susan, I won't link any big titty tranny teacher stories in the, in the description this time, assuming Susan doesn't take us down before you get a chance to watch the show. Thank you for tuning in as well. And hey, if you can't get enough, if you're looking for more to listen to, you're in luck. We have just that. And on the audio platforms of the show... You can get the replays of the call-in show on Wednesdays, which is back this week, by the way. Uh, you can get some of Blonde's interviews. You can get extra material you might not find on YouTube, all on the audio platforms of the show, linked in the description and over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, you want anything show-related, head on over to the website, mattchristensenmedia.com. We'll be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Chuck Todd, it's not Meet the Press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Have a great night. Bye, guys. Bye.